On this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, details about Steppenwolf, the big bad villain in Justice League, a new mummy trailer, Ghost in the Shell is bombing at the box office, we got Marvel's Netflix Defenders in an elevator, Squirrel Girl on TV, and Marvel Comics says diversity isn't selling. Plus, our review of the season 7 finale of The Walking Dead, and a whole bunch more audio geeky goodness, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Saturday, April 8th, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. We funny, disturbing. Jock and Nerd. That's right, you know, there's nothing like some great beats to start a show, and that was nothing like great beats. But we're going to start anyways. Welcome back to another episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, my name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, rugs? How's it going? What's up, dude? Stop stealing my line. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're supposed to say, how's it yeah, going? Yeah. That's my oh, line. How's it going? How's it uh, going? All right. Well, give us the line, rugs. So What's can, up, can, dudes? How's it going? There we go. Jockin' nerd. Also joining us, listener, for this episode is the man that we force at gunpoint to watch shitty superhero movies for our What the Fuck Happened series. Friend of the show, the ginger geek himself. It's Matt Dalhauer. What's up, Matt? How's it going? What's up, dudes? How's wait, it going? Rock boy, shut up. Whoa. I'm talking to Matt. Oh, wait a minute. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's nicely done. Yeah. That's that pretty good. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice to have you here. Always a pleasure, Matthew, having your opinions and rants. And uh, we, you know, you need a ginger every now and then to get a, the ginger point of view. It's very important to represent in today's America. Yes, we need representation now more than ever. Yes. Uh, and Imran, I thank you for allowing me to force myself onto your podcast whenever I decide to. Yes, anytime. <laughs> there's a, look, there's always a door open for our friends of the show. You know that. We love you guys. So uh, if you're a new listener of the show, thanks for checking us out. I don't know how you stumbled here, but you will be rewarded if you are geeky and nerdy and slightly jockey. Because what we do every week is sit down and geek out about comic books, superheroes, movies about comic books, uh, and superheroes, uh, stuff on television, pop culture. And we have just a fun time. Uh, and, and this show is no different. We got a bunch of news to go through. And then we're going to get into the Walking Dead Season 7 finale and talk about this season as in, in general as a whole. And then I wanted to just briefly touch on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, the second season ended, oh. and, and Agents of Hydra uh, started up, and it was a little bit nuts, so uh, my, you get some of my thoughts on that, and that's about it. Oh, man. Thoughts no one was asking for. Let's go. I know. I know nobody cares. So, that's how podcasts work. <laughs> that's how podcasts work. You're going to listen to it, and you're going to like it. Let's carry on. The Jock and Ned Podcast. If you want your thoughts on a podcast listener, just uh, visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. Uh, tweet us, Facebook us, send us an email, send us your voice. We'll put it on the show. Thoughts on a podcast. That's how this works, people. Okay, let's start with some uh, movie news regarding the Justice League. We got that trailer. We talked about that last week. Uh, Del Hauer, what did you think of that trailer real quick? It was... 
very poorly lit. I could barely see anybody. Yes. But I, I said on the the community page that I love Jason Momoa both as a person and as an action star. And I know that he will be my favorite part of that movie, despite how good, bad, or indifferent the movie itself is. Probably. Probably he will steal the show because he's going to have a little bit of personality. Uh, the what? The two things we didn't see in the trailer, which, look, they held it. They had some restraint. Was uh, hardcore penetration was hardcore. There was no insertion. <laughs> there was a lot of butt shots, as Rugboy pointed out. Yes. And mm-hmm. I went back mm-hmm. to watch just to <laughs> just make sure. Emphatic, yes. I made sure to comb through uh, yes. for yes. science. Just to yes. Be frame by frame. Uh, I went back just to as evidence. And you were absolutely correct. We didn't see the Supermans and we didn't see the villain uh, Steppenwolf. Uh, but uh, words come out a little bit about Steppenwolf and he will be. A motion capture. You don't say. Yes. (laughs) Man, you know, that's going to really stand out from all the practical effects that they have in this movie. Right. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how that's going to hold up to like the actual. Look, you get this guy, Sierra Hins, amazing actor. He's 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 been on Game of Thrones. He was uh, Caesar in Rome on HBO. He's got a great scary face, Uh, but they're going to uh, mocap him. He said in an interview uh, that basically they're going to construct something digitally and then they will use my eyes and mouth. That sounds hot, by the way. They're going to use his eyes and mouth. Uh, in an interview with The Independent, uh, he also dropped some extra information about the character, of which there has been no information revealed. He says about Steppenwolf, he's old, tired, still trying to get out of his own enslavement to Darkseid, but he has to keep his line to try to take over worlds. So it's gonna be. So, do you think he's gonna look like that thing in the deleted scene from Batman versus Superman? Then no, in the no, no, no. doubtful. That thing, that thing had no face whatsoever. It, yeah, it had like these weird spiky alien. No, th- there's a reason that thing was deleted. They were like, yes. wait, that's that looks stupid. They're like, what is this? Yeah, that looked stupid. <laughs> I really hope that Steppenwolf is just like Sergeant Murtaugh throughout this entire thing. Just while he's taking over Earth, just constantly, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> he's, I'm tired, Doc. I'm tired, Doc Side. You do your own shit. <laughs> I mean, the mocap isn't a bad thing. I mean, Thanos is going to be mocapped. Yeah. Hulk's yeah, mocap. Lots of villains have been mocapped. It depends on what they do with it, really. I mean, you can't really say at this point. Yeah. Like you can do really good mocap, such as the the Planet of the Apes movies. Yep, and you can do really yep. bad mocap, such as World of Warcraft. Yeah, or Warcraft, or whatever go. the hell it was. There is the whole range of mocap. Yeah, I mean mocap's fine. Like you said, if it's done well, but they this- use the same rigs in both movies. That's what I don't get. I, I don't know, and it, it surprises me because at first I was going to say it depends on how good your director is, but jo- Duncan Jones is fucking fantastic. So I don't know what happened there. I just think that the orcs look stupid. That's all. Yeah. Just, I don't think it was the motion capture that was necessarily bad. It was just the the I, the design. design of the yeah the orcs were just not quite right yet. They rendered them like a little too cartoony. Yeah, that's right. That's that's about it. They tried to stick to the game too much. Yeah. But the actual the technology that they used for both are all almost the same. It's the same rig. But now, yeah. the, what about the actual? performance from the actor like mocap acting this is kind of a new thing like i do they teach this in school now is this uh you know do they pull like dance people because and you have guys like andy circus uh who do it well and are used over and over again and he's got a lot of experience 
you know, how hard is it for a a regular actor? This guy's 64, you know, he's, the, he's probably never been in mocap before. And all of a sudden uh, he doesn't really know what he's going to look like uh, after shooting this. Like, is it, do you need experience in the mocap to make it work? I think, I mean, it's, it's dependent on what is expected of you, because if you're, if you're going to be like, uh, like Bill Nye in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where he was mocapped, but legitimately his character was just, it, you know, he stood on two feet, he walked like a person and he talked and had a face and everything. So he just had to act like he would normally act and they just made it look like he had a squid for a head. Oh, yeah. Whereas yeah. with Andy Serkis being Caesar, he is going in trying to replicate what it's like being an ape yeah. that is now, you know, gaining human traits. So it's it's depending on what they're trying to do with it, it can be very ridiculous or it can be act normal with dots on your face. Yeah, it's got to be weird. That's pretty much it. well put. <laughs> it's got to be weird. He uh, Hins actually asked Liam Neeson for some advice because he did this. Uh, he did uh, a monster calls. He was a giant talking tree, and so he asked Liam Neeson, "Hey, how? Uh, what do I got to do here to make this work with the mocap?" James Spader, I rem- I remember he did mocap too. But what they would do is they would have like well, for Ultron, something on his yeah. back for yeah. Ultron to to make him taller, so that the actors were looking at something higher up that they had something to look at, but they were still mocapping his face. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Movement. And then, yeah, I heard like Dan Stevens and beauty and the beast was on stilts wearing like a big hunchback and then being mocap. Like, how could you make this any harder to fucking pull off a performance? Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- I think Andy circuses or no, James Gunn's brother was in, in f- for uh, right, rocket. For rocket. Yeah. He was yeah. in, he was, I don't know if rocket was necessarily mocapped, but he was there he was the like, so that the actors yeah. would have something to look yeah. at. I yeah. think they had him. And he was on, a, he was on the ground. Yeah. I think they had, um, I think they had him fill in like he was kind of a placeholder when they were on set. I don't remember if they mocapped Bradley Cooper or not like for face, face. Yeah, I don't think they did. I don't think so. That raccoon looked nothing like Bradley Cooper. They failed. <laughs> <laughs> uh no the i mean point. the apes mocap is amazing so we'll see how good this mocap that's the is. standard yeah. right there the apes and oh, I think yeah. andy circus should be he should like have been given a school like to teach mocap like this is andy circus should be given a goddamn oscar he should be given an oscar there should be a mocap oscar which uh a digital performance category or some bullshit <laughs> which he's the only one nominated well, when does it when does it just become a performance right, and right. not you have to put the distinction of mocap because right. that's what I think that's what the uh, people in the Oscars are or people that debate this stuff are thinking about is, is this a real performance or is it a mocap performance would, or do you even put that label? I would on say it? in all honesty, back at, at New York Comic Con, uh, I went to the the uh, screening that Ryder War the Planet of the Apes had of some of the footage. And what they did was they showed a scene, but it wasn't entirely finished. So it was a mixture of the fully rendered mocap, some of like the, the CG uh, sculpting. And then there was also bits where it was legitimately just them in the mocap suits on camera. And to see the difference among the three and to see Andy circus actually performing. Yeah. That's where the difference is. Cause you can see like you see it in his eyes yeah. that he is, he is, he has this character in mind and this is what he's building and what he's doing. And it's not just like, you know, him kind of, sauntering over and then just standing there like stone faced. Right. I I think that the the thing is you have to make the distinction, it, even though I do think that it just be, should be evaluated as a performance. Right. But when uh, there's someone else making the character and moving the character and fine tuning the performance, right. then that person can't just get all the credit. 
You know, yeah. it's the it's it's a it's a team of people. It is a collaboration because he's yeah. basing that off the actors, you know, little gestures and twitches and micro expressions like you know, circus. I'm sure throws in these mannerisms on purpose, and then they have to animate. So, yeah, it's hard to separate it. Like, could you could you get an acting Oscar? Not to take this too far off topic, but Delhauer, you just said you caught some War of the Planet of the Apes footage without spoiling anything. How did it look? It. I mean, I love that series. the the The, the first two movies are are phenomenal. Um, and especially yes. uh, God. What was the second one? Was that Dawn or was that Rise? Rise. I forget. I think Rise Dawn. is the second. Ra- one. Rise. Was it Rise? Uh, Fuck. No, my, whatever. Oh, Rise was Franco, so it was That's Dawn. Right. Right, right. Oh, Dawn. Okay. Uh, no, of course, I'm wrong. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was was amazing. I've seen the 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 original film series, and I saw that the Tim Burton remake and everything like that. And like, I love these movies more than any of those. And granted, it's because the originals weren't my time, so right. I saw them already with them being like cheesy and from the 70s. But uh, it looked amazing. I'm really fucking pumped for it. Like, yeah. while while I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm looking forward to Spider Man and so on and so forth. Like, this is the fucking movie I want to see this summer. Hell yeah, absolutely! Uh, it's a great franchise. Let's move on to a trailer for another shared universe trying to start, and that is uh, Universal's monster movies, the original shared universe. We got a new trailer for The Mummy with one Mister Tom Cruise. Uh, really, it's just Mission Impossible 7 a little bit in this trailer. Uh, we get, it's a little plot heavy, this one. We get a little more explanation of things, and uh, uh, such as why he came back to life. Uh, you see Russell. Uh, no, he, Tom. Well, Tom Cruise. Remember he, Tom? He's supposed to die in the plane crash. Oh, right. He dies in the, yeah. Got so it, basically, you see, like, they're fucking around somewhere in the Middle East, and they blow a big hole in the ground, and Tom Cruise thinks it's a good idea to move this ancient artifact even though they're like this isn't a temple it's a it's a what did they it's a prison is what the line is and they pull this thing out of the she was a bad prince princess she was a bad princess and you see them they like mummify her alive put her in the box and uh he pulls her out of the prison and then all hell happens the plane crashes but then he's still alive and russell crowe playing dr jekyll explains she picked you you have been chosen by evil I guess what does she have to mate with him now? Is she got to make a male mummy dude. I uh, maybe. Uh, is that why that what his thing is? He's running around, and then of course you have the uh, obligatory mummy dust storm face shot that you have to have in every mummy movie. Yes, that's right. Yep. You got, mm-hmm. That's part. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the part contract. Of, it's part of the mythology. This time it's a girl's face though, because this mummy is a female. Uh, what do you guys think of this second trailer for the mummy? Any more excited to see this movie? I'll start. Here's my issue real quick or not issue, but weird thing with this is, and I haven't seen, I didn't watch all the mummy movies from the nineties that got remade. I think it was Roland Emmerich. I don't know. Some shitty director. I don't remember but, if it was Roland Emmerich or not. I'm going to use the internet. I don't know. It, was, okay. it wasn't. Uh, yeah. well, whatever. <laughs> Whoever so, it was. Does, continue. And what, what did, What's kind of weird for me, I haven't seen those movies, but she just doesn't seem like a mummy. It's too far, for me at least, she seems like this weird combination of like mummy slash zombie slash like weird like exorcist kind of feel. Yeah. So it just doesn't feel like a mummy. That I think that's that's what I'm getting at is it doesn't feel like a traditional mummy. It feels like something totally different. She looks like Enchantress from Suicide Squad and it's like just well, piss, it's this pissed off undead Egyptian god. 
This is what we're doing now. This is what the movie business is doing. Yeah. It's taking things and just not sticking to what what it's supposed to be. Yeah, just, and just take doing the name, the fuck they want. change whatever fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. just name only. I mean, everything. it might be a good movie. It might be yeah. a good movie. Who knows? But it just doesn't feel like a mummy. I feel like it's going to be an entertaining film. And because uh, Tom Cruise usually, you know, he's pretty anal about his movies that they're at least watchable. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Is it going to do big box office? Probably not. Uh, depending on what it's up against, it feels like one of those movies where if it doesn't really have anything good coming out around it, everyone's gonna be like, you want to go see that Tom Cruise mommy movie? Eh, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's going to be just kind of a light popcorn blockbuster. It's going to get buried, forgotten about pretty quickly. It's, it's got obvious shades of action. It's trying to do a little bit of horror here and there. The question that I have is... What the hell is Tom Cruise's character supposed to be? Because uh, he's in whatever this, you know, insert Middle Eastern slash, I guess, Egyptian right, uh, city. Right. In the middle of like a gunfight with terrorists, I'm guessing. Yeah. Is he military? Is this, and uh, then, why are they so if him? that if that's if he's military, great. But then when they blow up the street, they find the tomb. He's now on the exploration team for checking this thing out. That's a good point. There's a terrorist looking dude who shoots a rocket launcher at him and, and blows up the whole block. Why is that happening? Who the fuck is this guy? I'm sure there's a reason what? for it, but we don't know about it in the trailer. Uh, yeah, well, of course. And the other side of it is, is that it's the first time in a while that I've seen a movie and I said to myself, wow, Tom Cruise comes off like a real douchebag in this. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> That's the first time you thought that? Well, I mean, in a trailer, the movies try to make him at least look like the hero. Uh, you mentioned something in passing, Imran. You were like, well, this will be like probably a forgettable movie that no one will remember. The thing is, this yeah. this can't be a forgettable movie because Universal no. is banking on this to start a whole movie universe. So this has to be at least yeah, something well, yeah. somewhat memorable for them. So I'm assuming that they're, they've put some stuff in there to make it memorable. Yeah, especially after the failure of uh, Dracula Untold or whatever it was. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Which was, was that, supposed yeah, to yeah. initially launch yeah. this this yeah. universe. It was. If yeah, this and then they fails, were like, fuck that. They've got a lot of trouble ahead. Well, I mean, I like how they're setting up Dr. Jekyll in this, and there's probably going to be a post-credit well, scene. But they're doing more of the same. Like, yeah, that's the it's all set up. Why, yeah. That's the whole reason why Dracula Untold was no good, because it didn't, it didn't give you Dracula. It gave you this other thing that you thought was going to be Dracula, but it's not. It's like this other guy that tur- that that's completely... Not separate from Dracula, but it's not what you go to see Dracula for. You know, it's like you're not getting that character. It's like a it's a it's like a Elseworlds version of Dracula. That's what every superhero movie is becoming and all these big genre movies. I see your point. Rugs. (laughs) I'm like, I'm thinking of Spider-Man, of course, right now. But we'll get into that later. I got a whole thing at the end. Uh, Let's move on to uh, uh, a Robert Kirkman property that's getting turned into a movie and it's not the walking dead people. Oh shit. Kirkman is more than just the walking dead. It is a book called invincible. And, uh, thanks to Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they are going to turn it into a movie. These are the same guys that brought us preacher got preacher on TV. Now they want to put Kirkman's long running superhero series into a major motion picture for universal. And, uh, so I've not, Read any Invincible? I know, I hear it's very good, and I hear it's ending, like he's ending the run uh, soon at, at 120. Rugs, have you read Invincible? I read it when it first came out. Basically, Invincible is kind of like a a play on Superman. It's like if Superman's son 
uh, you know, Superman is like this great hero and he has a son. So Invincible is like an alternate version of Superman and he's the son. He gets powers as a teenager, but he's not quite invincible. Like he's strong. He can fly. He can do all that stuff, but he still can take damage. And but he, he does heal from everything, but he does get beat up and it's pretty gory. It's very violent from what I Yes, hear. it's gory and stuff. Yeah, that's um, Image. Yeah, it's from Image Comics. People love this book. Yeah. I I couldn't, um, I liked, I enjoyed the few issues that I read, but I never got hooked on it. I always felt like it was just not quite, it was not quite serious. Huh. Yeah, I know it has a lot of fans. Yeah, but uh, I mean, some people might prove me wrong and send me, oh, Invincible is great. I just never, it just never grabbed me. So Kirkman, Kirkman has said in The Hollywood Reporter, he said, for nearly a decade, I've had to endure the what about Invincible question that fans have watched The Walking Dead grow into the multimedia monstrosity it has become over the years. The answer was always that we were waiting for the right team to partner with. That team has arrived. The esteemed Misters Goldberg and Rogan have proven themselves to be top-notch directors with a keen collective eye for stunning visuals. Uh, he says, Invincible's surprising, edgy, shocking, and oftentimes blood-soaked story couldn't be in more capable hands with the team of Rogan Goldberg and universal. He says, I'm very confident. This will be another superhero movie in a long line of superhero movies that continues to prove that it's viable for years to come. It started in 2003, uh, the book. And, uh, and I think it's about to end at 120. Anybody else? Uh, Del, how are you read any invincible? Uh, I haven't. And that's mostly just because, um, I didn't learn about, Kirkman until I read Walking Dead back yeah. in like 2007 I'd say okay and while I liked Walking Dead's comic initially as time went on I came to realize I really don't like Robert Kirkman as a writer <laughs> um he he is one of those ones where I feel like he has a very good he has very good ideas and very good concepts that he does not execute well um which I is the same that. thing I would say about like I don't know Brian Azzarello or uh, yeah. or Mark Millar. I, I was thinking Mark Millar. You were going to say that name. Yeah, a lot of people have that same issue with these guys, and that sometimes it's a lot very over the top and just uh, you know shock value. Invincible is ending this year, actually, with issue one forty four. At least it has an ending, unlike his other book that's still going on, The Walking yeah. Dead. At, at the same time, though, I mean, I don't really like Mark Millar's writing, but I liked the kick-ass movie. Yeah. The first one, at least. I didn't see the second one. I'm told it was the awful. The second one is bad. <laughs> I, I can't remember the second one. I yeah, it's pretty, pretty shitty. But, <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'll put it on the list then. But, uh, I mean, I'll give it a chance, but uh, I don't I don't hold... Like, I'm not excited about it, but I'm also not, like, dreading the idea. I mean... I guess if I'm dreading anything, it's, oh, great, Robert Kirkman gets to remain relevant for this much longer. Well, like, I think I think you're right in the sense that Kirkman and Millar and these guys, they kind of write stuff knowing that they kind of want it get picked up right away. I was shocked that you didn't read this, Imran. I figured this would be right up your alley. No, I've seen it. I've seen it around, and I never picked it up. But he had another show, uh, his other outcast, his book Outcast. Like it was twenty issues in, and uh, I think Showtime picked it up and fucking yeah. put it on the air. I watched it. Yeah, he yeah. sold Outcast to Showtime before he even started the comic. Yeah, see, so a lot of these guys they know what they're doing, and which is why uh, it, it, it it's sometimes hard to read it because you know they're just waiting for the deal to come in. Yeah, like I I read some of Outcast, and again, it's another one that I felt like this is an awesome idea, but yeah. I really don't like what he's doing with it. Yeah. So I want to check out the show at some point and see if it's better in adaptation than it is reading. 
Probably but, not. That's yeah, <laughs> probably also the reason why I haven't watched it yet. No, I watched it. It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah, all right. Like, it didn't like set my world on. I forgot about it. Like after I watched it, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like I constantly like, oh, I should probably watch that at some point, and then I just don't. Anthony, yeah. knowing uh, Robert Kirkman's work primarily from only The Walking Dead, uh, does this get you uh, intrigued at all about this movie? Not a chance. I have no desire to watch this movie. Okay, maybe you'll be interested in this next thing, Anthony. Uh, let's talk about the Ghost in the Shell movie for a second. After all the hubbub and the whitewashing controversies, this movie, a little bit of a bomb in the box office, uh, guys, I think. Has anybody seen it, first of all? No. no. Okay, it's 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this story came out that it could lose more than $60 million. Uh, it only made $19 million its opening weekend. Uh, production budget for this movie, $110 million. That's, that's god awful. And it's only it's made twenty in in, in seven days it's made twenty four million domestic worldwide seventy four it made nineteen million opening weekend and uh, the producers are kind of like uh, it might have been hurt by the whitewashing controversy you know I've whitewashed I've, I have in my past yeah uh, doing wh- it right now well I mean I hope you separate your laundry no I mean in art school when you put a stretch a canvas you gotta whitewash the canvas with some gesso nah you're being a dick now so, yeah. you're, so, you're, so, you're such a lame dude sometimes right. oh my god now, lame let, let me, uh, let me have make a couple of comments on this okay alright I have a couple of comments on this um, oh give him the rug down okay here we go I, I don't really need a rug down but no you need, you need it here's the rug down well, obviously, you know, the the negative press like did affect the uh, the movie. Yeah. Um, but I did a lot of kind of like review watching. I watched like a shitload of reviews on YouTube and read a bunch of a bunch of different ones. And I was kind of like, let me just see like what what the reviews say. OK, so what I noticed is that if you're if you read like something like a collider or birth movies, death or whatever, they pretty much pan this movie. Um, if you where uh, you saw a review by somebody who who liked Ghost in the Shell, the anime, yeah. they hated this movie. Yeah. But if, to average Joe, nobody doesn't know shit about Ghost in the Shell, who doesn't care about the controversy, they like this movie. Oh, okay. So is it a terrible movie? I don't know. I think that I've heard it's boring. That's the biggest comment that I've heard, like, more the most universally is that it's boring. Oh, uh, yes. Um, and the Ghost in the Shell, the anime, could be boring at times as well. The movie, the actual Jap- Japanese animation movie, is actually boring at times as well. It's just the just, the story is so much more involved in the anime. They could never do it. It's like people are too stupid to get the story. Like you know, um, that's what. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. The same. I looked at a bunch, a couple of reviews to see what people were saying, and that's pretty much what I got away from it too. That it's all style, no substance. It looks great, but it doesn't even try to get to like the really heavy themes of the movie. Uh, at all yeah i got i got some things to say okay so it's hard to talk about a movie you haven't seen but let's do that um, let's do it nice let's fucking do it right um <laughs> we got the numbers we don't need to see it look we got reviews the, we got the numbers. There's, oh, i should have a jock <laughs> there is a article i read on hollywood reporter that would kind of infuriate me it did kind of infuriate me yeah. so they, they interviewed a bunch of japanese people that watched this movie and uh, the basic gist was from the, the Japanese people is like, it sucks. Cause like Japanese people kind of worship white people. 
in that sense. But there's a plot line in this. I guess this is kind of a spoiler where she. Uh, no, it's the, the actual reason why it's Scarlett Johansson. Well, she, she is technically Japanese. Like the character yeah. realizes in the movie that, that she's a Japanese person just designed as a white person, oh. which makes it even kind of worse. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they spoiled it. that a little while ago. Actually. Yeah. So it was like I reading that, not knowing the story. I'm like, uh, this is not that wow. cool. There were a few different websites that put out that apparently there was like a, a press screening of the first 45 minutes to an hour of this movie or something yeah. like that. I forget who it was that did it. I have to look it up again. But what they had said was that apparently the movie tries to explain away the whitewashing by saying that the character of who the of who the major Scarlett Johansson's character is before she becomes a cyborg was a Japanese woman. Right. And then when she gets into this this major accident or whatever it was and they try and save her, they instead basically just implant her consciousness into the body of a white woman robot. Right. And then what they also... what they also one more thing. What they also say that what the Japanese people that were interviewed on Hollywood Reporter, these actresses from Japan, is they're like, okay, so she's a white robot, but she's a Japanese consciousness, but she isn't acting like a Japanese person even when she finds out she's Japanese. Like she's doing things that are non traditional, like hugging, like doing things that are like not as like she Scarjo didn't study the nuance of like what a Japanese person really right, acts like. Right. So that's what was more offensive even to these Japanese actresses. And I think a big part of that is I would not doubt if making the character Japanese was a last minute rewrite reshoot to try and see if they could dodge probably, the bullet on whitewashing. Probably. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would bet money on that. But like uh, the thing that I always got from and I, I, we've talked about this before is when even when you ask the guy who invented Ghost in the Shell um, that she's a cyborg and she doesn't necessarily have to be in, in a, it's an idealized body. It's not specific. It's, it's like this general body. It's got blue eyes and purple hair. It's not supposed to be specific to a anything. And if you, and if you watch anime, all these characters are, they're, they're ambiguous a lot of the time, the name she's, she's Japanese by name. And um, that's where the controversy began. It's not the 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 Scarlett Johansson. If you took a picture of Ghost in the Shell and hold up Scarlett Johansson, do they look alike? Yes. Yeah. So it's not like oh, it's it's just in the name that people are getting upset about it. Now, is it bad that they did that? Absolutely. But this is what another question that I want to pose to you is that okay, they made the decision to cast Scarlett Johansson erroneously to bring in her star power cachet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They like okay, we need a star, a white star. To market this movie. And it got negative press. So all the cachet that they got from getting Scarlett Johansson got negated by the negative press. So if they would have cast an Asian girl, they would have made the same amount of money. Right. I think Probably. so. Yeah. No, there, it would have failed. Oh, yeah. It would have failed. Yeah. Anyway, this movie was destined to fail. Yeah, it was uh, it's a no-win situation. It, de- it, it definitely would have made too much money on it. They, it definitely would have made the same because that is horrific numbers at the box office for it. Yeah, that is the numbers as if million, there was million dollar. Was it 110 million yeah. product? I mean, that's horrific. One one ten. That's and it made nineteen. That, like, that is, is that like, is going to lose. It's like people will be fired for that kind of that this kind is, of loss. This is par oh, yeah. for the course when you have a a property that no one knows about in the mainstream. Right. This is only for otaku and people who are into like anime and shit that really know Ghost in the Shell and that it doesn't have any real cachet with other people. Yeah. And like you have like the John Carter of Mars, you have uh, 
Jupiter ascending, all of these big budget Valerian's going to fail too. Trust me. All oh, of yeah. these that's that, going to be another John, all of these John big Carter. budget yep. things that no yep. one knows about or cares yep. about. Yep. They're going to fail because they're, they're over budgeting. These things should be costing like 70 million, 60 million, and they'll make money back. That's and so I, funny. Like they, they didn't need to pay for ScarJo. They would have made the same amount of money. But then people have been like, see, you should have put Scarlett Johansson in. Nobody wants well, to see this. Like it's, it's a damned if you do, damned if you yep, don't situation, yep, just yep. like Rock Boy was saying. And going off of your point, Imran, if they had decided, someone said, well, you know, Okay, so we have this anime that's really kind of popular with people who like anime, but for people who don't watch anime, they have no idea what the hell it is or give a shit. So we need to put a name in there that any jackass off the street is going to recognize, so they'll want to come and see the movie. Now, if somebody then decided out of nowhere and said, you know what, we're not going to do that, we're going to cast a Japanese actress, we're going to try and, and, you know, be uh, as closely, you know... dedicated to this 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 concept and this this you know property or whatever it is and then they make it and the movie fails yes the first thing they're going to say is see we should have put in scarlett johansson because you know a japanese actress can't open a movie or whatever it is or anime doesn't you know sell in america so instead we then look at what we're doing now where they put in scarlett johansson and instead everyone's pissed that it's a white woman who's in it they decided that they're more interested in trying to grab the regular uh, audience, you know, the, the, the general audience, instead of trying to work towards, you know, properly portraying the property, as far as I've been told, I don't know Ghost in the Shell really all that well. And so now they're making shitty numbers and they say to themselves, well, I guess it was the whitewashing that fucked it up. Yeah. Or yeah. still, uh, I guess people just don't like anime in America. The problem is, is that it's it's such a niche yeah. concept yeah. that there's really no good way yet to do it and you see, I mean, honestly, and it's, you see that with a lot of the, the comic book stuff. This is the same kind of fucking problem that we're seeing from DC. They don't know how to balance general audience with built-in audience. I think video game movies suffer from kind of the same thing. Uh, and exactly. what, what's funny is now, uh, Rugs, did you see this? They're going to do another Ghost of the Shell animated movie. Well, that's a slam dunk. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. now that, now that he's... What this movie did, even though it flopped, it got the name out there. It did. It did. All right. It, so it, now it, people are talking about Ghost in the Shell because it's a, it's a political, social justice thing now. It's like everybody's latching onto it because, <laughs> you know, because it's a story. People click on it. it's it's like it, it's a clickable story, you know. And uh, yeah. so now the name's out there. Why wouldn't they put out another movie? Those, they, they got good. They got publicity. I actually think in a roundabout way, this movie yeah. failing kind of helps the whole Asian American. Asians getting cast in, in big budget sure. films. Sure. You, you just put the biggest. Yeah. Woman, right alongside Iron Fist. Yeah. You just put the biggest woman yeah. out there in this film. Granted, it got negative publicity, but it didn't draw shit. It didn't do fucking anything. You could have done that. You could have got that with an Asian. Yeah. And you may have made a profit at that point because you weren't spending no 110 million probably. But Delhauer's right. This and Iron Fist are two great arguments for somebody take a risk and put Steven Yoon in a superhero movie. What are you doing? Okay, it doesn't have to be Stephen Yoon. I'm just saying he's. he's, he's well, we don't have to go back to the same drawing well, or the water well every time. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Beauty and the Beast in 21 days has made 407 million dollars domestically, 919 million worldwide. Uh, it's going to crack a billion soon. That's why no other movie is making any money. And I heard that movie was kind of blasé too. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. 
The Everything state- I heard was if you saw the animated Beauty and the Beast movie from the early nineties, there's no need. You to saw this movie. It's yeah, like it's no almost shot for shot the same damn right. movie. Ah. Uh. Disney is evil genius, and they're just going to regurgitate the same shit for the next 30 years. Let's move on to some Marvel Netflix news, because Iron Fist is out, and we're waiting for the next awesome Marvel Netflix show, which is The Defenders. Geek boner. All the motherfuckers together, and we haven't had a date. We haven't had anything. They finally put out a really short 20-second teaser. Wait, can I update the audience on where I'm at on the Iron Fist? I know they're, they're ah, let's do listening it. ever so closely on okay. where I'm at so we can review this. Yeah, let's do a, an Iron Fist. Yes, Iron Fist watch update for the jock. Anthony, how far have you gotten? I have four more episodes left. I'm on episode 10. Okay, progress. That's good. So- yeah, we're, get, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, so I had a, a little tidbit about that when you guys were talking about it from last week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Anthony commented that he really hates Finn Jones as an actor in this. Yes. I think I have a little reason as to why he is so insufferable. Because he's so white? Well, that's just because he's so white. <laughs> he's I was so watching, doughy? I was watching it. There's that, too. I was watching it with my brother at one point, and he had said one of the things he caught was, it seems like Finn Jones is playing the character as if Danny Rand is still 10 years old. Yeah, he's an idiot. Like, he's kind of an idiot. Like, that's why he's so trusting of other people, and he seems to just kind of have, like, this really aloof thing about him. He does play it like a kid, yeah. His parents died when he was 10, and he was raised by monks, so he never grew up. He's emotionally stunted at uh, 10. Hmm. So, I don't know if that makes anything better, but it at least kind of explains it. (laughs) It's either genius acting or a horrible decision. It's one of those. I don't know which. (laughs) That's, uh, that kind of makes sense, but... it doesn't save it. I, not, I, it yeah. doesn't. It, that doesn't help because he was. I would. You would still assume that the monks would have helped him grow up. I, okay, we're, I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, I would well, think, I would think having to review. learn discipline for such a martial arts would also teach you to not be a dipshit. Right. Uh, or you just be really socially awkward. Which is, he's like, look, we'll say, tune in next week, listener. Maybe we'll get to our Iron Fist review. Oh, we will. we will. Oh, okay. I'll be done. Okay, good. We'll finally get to put all our thoughts down. All at once. In the meantime, I'm enjoying this 20-second Defenders teaser. The title of it is Midland Circle Security Elevator B. It's presented as an elevator security cam, and all you see is the elevator door opens. The four of them, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Danny Rand, and Matt Murdock, uh, walk into the elevator. They're on the 45th floor. It's going down. They seem very tired, like they just came out of a battle. Uh, Matt Murdock seems to be wearing Iron Fist's headscarf for some reason. Or some kind of fucked up do-rag. I don't know what that is. It could be his sweatpants he's got on his head. Uh, But in the corner, uh, there is an IP address. And on the right, there is a timestamp. So in this very short video, Miss Jessica Jones turns around and smashes the video camera. And the timestamp at the end reads 8-18-2017. Giving us a date. August 18th, 2017. Of when we can expect... Iron Fist. Not only that, the other Easter egg is if you punch in that IP address, it takes you to a special Easter egg website, uh, which is kind of fun. I like when they do that. Before we get to that, what do you guys think of the 20? I mean, it's 20 seconds. You got any thoughts on <laughs> you got Anthony, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, 20 seconds. I mean, not much. The only thing I would say is I know in the pre-show we talked about um, why why the fuck is, he, is uh, Matt Murdock wearing a scarf over his head? Yeah. But I'm thinking about each show, and he's the only one that no one knows the real identity Correct. for, or, he, except yep. for a few people. Like mm-hmm. Luke Cage, out in the public, Jessica Jones just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And 
Iron Fist is like, I'm the fucking Iron I'm Fist. the Iron Fist, guys. Yeah, it's supposed to destroy the hand. <laughs> yeah. It's my destiny to the destroy hand. the hand. What's wrong with you? That's the hand, Colleen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Danny Rand. <laughs> But point sake. being is all the other three don't, are are all in the public Good eye. Good point. He's the only one that has a secret identity. So clearly he doesn't at this point he doesn't trust them enough to to let him know. Well, I don't know if it's that he doesn't trust them. Doesn't trust. I think it's like you said they look like they just came out of some sort of a fight. He's making oh, sure true. other people don't know. Mm, yeah. It's it cool. Like, yeah, it, it's not trust him run. It's I it's I protection. We just had a battle. It was a spontaneous thing that happened, so he had to fucking make do. And what's Midland Circle Financial? Have we seen? Is this building in Iron Fist? Have we seen this building before? This company? Uh, probably not. I have a feeling it's going to be something specific to uh, Defenders. Sigourney Weaver's character? Oh. Yes. Could probably. be. Could Who be. I, had... I have a feeling since they're taking the elevator down, it's yeah. probably the building that is on top of whatever the hand's secret layer three oh. miles underground is. Yeah. I had a, I kind of had a theory on who Sigourney Weaver may be playing. Uh, you guys want to hear it? Okay. I do. Well, it's kind of no, it, no. Okay, okay, never mind. I'm, no, no, well, I'm fucking it, with you. It, she's the gatekeeper. It actually it relates to Iron Fist. <laughs> she's the gatekeeper. He, she's the gatekeeper. Are you the keymaster? She's looking for the keymaster, and she's the gate. That's right. She's Janice Rand. <laughs> He's supposed to destroy the hand. It said Zool on the paper. I don't know what that means. No, I think you know how we don't meet. We we find out about Danny Rand's father, but we don't. We his mother is still kind of missing. Imran, uh, are you spoiling this for me? You no. son of a bitch. Well, you know the no. It has it's has nothing to do with the show. I'm right. completely speculating. Okay. Maybe you I think spoiled she's a little his bit. Mom? Maybe. Spoiler alert. I don't know. Who else could she be playing? Well, we, there's plenty of characters, <laughs> characters that didn't get sucked out of an airplane. That did happen. Imran, Imran, that is the worst speculation. You you saw what his mom looked like in you know Iron what? Fist. As I was saying that, I realized that we saw what she looked like. And I was like, wait a minute. This hey, theory doesn't hold water. Dr- drugs are bad. Drugs are really bad. Cocaine's <laughs> a hell of a drug. Let me tell you. We did see what she looked like, but she could age different. <laughs> She could have had uh, plastic surgery. Hey, maybe she had plastic surgery, and it's the big reveal. It's like, I'm really your mom. I just Yeah, she went to the plastic surgery plane (laughs) instead of the karate plane. She got sucked out of one plane into the other plane. All right, that's a stupid theory. Never mind. Uh, Scratch that. Here, I'll defend you with one thing. Arrow did that. Yeah. They had, had, uh, what's her fucking face? The blonde chick. What's her character's name? Uh, Sarah Lance. Sarah Lance. In the first season, they show Sarah Lance, and it's not the Sarah Lance that we've come to know and love. Oh, it's a different, it's a different person. Oh, really? They recasted her. Yeah. Listen, Fresh Prince of Bel Air's done that with the mom, and she was All pissed I'm recently. All I'm going to say is, Arrow did it is not a defense <laughs> that will hold up in court. No, no. Rose Imran is a real moron. Yeah, that, that was a real moronic uh, guess no, right as, there. As I was saying it, I was like, wait a minute, we saw her. This, this doesn't. It's a different work. Becky. It's a different Becky, <laughs> but then the original Becky came back also, which was not confusing yeah. at all uh, in Roseanne. Uh, any, and what do you guys think of uh, the, this setup? Do you think we'll see this in the show or this is just like a little, little promo piece? Probably not the exact yeah. shot, yeah. but we'll probably see the moment that it's supposed to be. What if they swapped out Danny Rand? What? That's not Danny mm-hmm. Rand for somebody cool. Oh, like a new actor. Yeah, they just, <laughs> another guy. Suddenly, he's Asian American, and they never explain why. <laughs> they they just, just hope everyone shuts up about it. Yeah, like they'll just uh, they'll go along with it. He's like, why is he Asian all of a sudden? That's weird. He landed on the plastic surgery plane. <laughs> <laughs> I just 
just like seeing them all four oh together. If it, like, if it became sure. a plastic surgery thing and they just decide to go to eleven with the cultural you were really appropriation, the whole time. everybody's just getting plastic surgery in the Netflix. Oh different, different. The next level of being <laughs> the Iron Fist is being Asian. So that DNS thing, it takes you to NewYorkBolton.com. It's like a a New York the the newspaper in in universe and. uh there's not much there. There's a video with Harold and Ward Meacham. Uh, you can subscribe. They're like, our new look is coming soon. And there's a uh, you, there's an ad for Shikara Dojo with Sensei Colleen Wing. This bit is actually good. It's pretty cool. You click it, and it takes you to thewingway.com. It's a whole website about Colleen Wing's uh, dojo, like, and she's selling it. It's like an infomercial. She's like, come on down to my dojo. I'll teach you how to defend yourself. There's like Learn Kenjutsu the wing way. Yes, the wing way in Chinatown. So I like what they do, these little viral websites. It's kind of fun. But I, I wish they had that level of care for Iron Fist. I wish they did. They did. Yeah, I think they twenty second clip. I think they blew the load on this clip, and they're like, it, "Ah, fuck, just put Iron." It Fist makes stuff. me think of the first Cloverfield movie where they were like, "Oh, look at all of this viral marketing," and then you saw the movie, and you're like, "What did any of that have to do with it?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. So yeah, this Defenders uh, eight episodes. So we have a release date: eight eighteen twenty seventeen. Very exciting. Uh, there's some more set photos that came out. Getty Images has a great bunch of high-risk photos. You see Matt Murdock in his full Daredevil costume, um, and he's in some kind of weird white art gallery. I don't know what he's doing. There. Why he's does it say around. exclude nudity on the link? You see that? Where does it say that? It says that? If you look on the show notes. Oh, yeah. It's one of the uh, it's one of the queries in the oh, – oh, delete that and then put it in. No, make it exclude include nudity. No, it should be exclude nudity like, equals who's, false. Who's nude? Is, is- this is a Getty Images link. I guess they uh, they have it set to no nudes. Uh, but we have a couple of other uh, things about what we're going to get later. So we're getting Defenders in August. Jessica Jones season two has begun production in New York. Which that Sweet. that's kind of cool. Who do you guys? Uh, I I'm still upset they killed Purple Man because Kilgrave. What an amazing bad guy. Who is going to be the big bad? Who I mean, uh, there's still Nuke. What we see? Who do you guys want to see? What we see? Typhoid Mary. What could they do? Um, I mean, Nuke would be definitely an interesting choice following the first season because he kind of runs to the other side of the spectrum of abusive boyfriend. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But I would also hate to see the Jessica Jones show become like the women fight off abusive boyfriends series. Every every season. Yeah. Gets repetitive. I would like to see Patsy Walker come into her own. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little more team up action with the Hellcat. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what they give us. So that's starting to shoot. Uh, Charlie Cox let it slip a little bit that Daredevil season three is going to start shooting later this year. So then it will. There, there's no way Daredevil season three doesn't have Bullseye, right? They, they got to get to Bullseye. I mean, you got to bring the Kingpin back and. and, and you got to bring back Kingpin and Bullseye. And a couple other guys. It's got to be Bullseye. That would, who else is the next big Daredevil baddie? Can't think of it. Bullseye. It's Bullseye. Bullseye would be awesome. And that leaves us with the Punisher Netflix series. What is going on with the Punisher? I'm still kind of confused. There are set photos that came out of John Bernthal all beat up. He's all. Bruised like he's been been in a fight, sitting in a car. His face is all fucked up. Uh, but there hasn't been an official release. What there have been, and you guys must have seen it. I'll put it in the show notes. Jockander.com slash 161 posters. And, but these are fan posters. Even though one of them was Instagrammed out by John Bernthal himself. 
The posters, yeah, cool. the posters are pretty sick. It's not an official. It looks official, but it's, it's not, not official. It's not I thought official. that was real. No, no, it's not official. Oh. It's uh, uh, even I don't. He must have just found it somewhere. It's great. It's a great shot though. It's bullets making up the skull, and the and the bullets are already bloody, and they're kind of scattered. Uh, there's another one. If you click on this other Instagram link from this dude, Boss Logic, that makes a lot of fan art. And this one is more of a liquid metal-y skull with uh, uh, bullet holes in it and uh, machine gun things kind of coming out of the side, which is, that's also pretty cool. Again, not official. There has been no official thing. I mean, we go back to the IMDB still says like November 2017 release, but they really haven't made an official date about when it's coming out. It's coming out. You hear about this thing called SOPA? No, what's that? It's uh, what you used to clean yourself with? (laughs) No? Stop Online Piracy Act. Oh, yes. Okay. So basically, the reason I'm mentioning it now is because you're talking about this fan art. Yeah. If this SOPA gets enforced, then you can't do any fan art anymore. You Oh, really? You can't just use other IP properties, logos, and make... Yeah, they'll fucking sue you, or they'll tell you to cease and desist and shit. They're putting the smack down. That's what the whole internet is based on, is people just grab them and just some left and right and making their things. It becomes a really weird gray area because it then plays into copyright law and copyright law is so fucking convoluted at times. The biggest problem is, is you have companies like Disney and like Marvel, where if you make a fan film, yeah. or fan art or whatever Shut it is, it down. they will just basically say, oh, uh, this is copyright infringement. Take it down or we'll sue you. Yeah hoping that you are going to suddenly shit your pants and go, oh, okay, I'm so sorry, please don't sue me. Not recognizing that if this person does not make any kind of monetary gain off of this, it doesn't violate your copyrights in any way. Yeah. Yeah, and how how are the fans supposed to spread their love for things? Like, they're really helping out the property. And, oh, it's because they don't give a shit about. They the don't fans. give a shit, and and most people, I think, well, it's going to kill the fandom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's corporate America will ruin fandom. Oh, it's yeah. it's getting there, and I think most people I mean, would shit their pants and, and take it down. Yeah. 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 I mean, we talked about. Remember, we talked about that guy who made that eight bit X Men cartoon, and then Marvel shut that down. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't mess with anything with Disney. They will. They the will the be first time door. I was on, I talked about that. Uh, that. Punisher uh, fan film the one dude made that never actually saw the light of day because Marvel told him fuck you don't do it that's right that's right yeah uh, yeah it's sad that uh, they don't let the fans play with the properties without making like, any money the fan arts while you can exactly. enjoy it so I don't know Punisher's coming out sometime next year then we're gonna get a second season of Jessica Jones then we're gonna get a second season third season of Daredevil very exciting stuff uh, we have another Marvel property that got a TV show order and this comes from Freeform, uh, the network that's doing Cloak and Dagger. They are going to make a Marvel's New Warriors TV show. Geek They're calling this a comedic live-action adaptation of the popular Marvel comic featuring young adult heroes. And they mean the newest version because the series is going to feature Squirrel Girl as, like, the lead. Uh, so And Squirrel Girl, relatively new in fandom, uh, uh, quirky character. Everybody loves her. Uh, oh, man. The, the nerd girls go crazy for her. The nerd girls go crazy for her, just like Miss Marvel, Spider-Gwen. Uh, you know, I could give a fuck about her. Squirrel buddy. Girl is uh, this uh, kind of nerd girl character. So this is the new Warriors I remember had, like, Nova and Speedball, and they were, like, mini Night Avengers. Night Thrasher, dude. Night Thrasher, who was just, uh, he was badass. It was, like, a little mini, like, a smaller 
street yeah. level Avengers. Great, great team. They're all very young and inexperienced. Uh, they had great chemistry together. So Freeform was really it the new warriors that wound up blowing up Connecticut in Civil War. Yes, the new yeah. warriors did, uh, in fact, start the first Civil War and the the Superhero Registration Act. Because well, now that now that makes me wonder if they're going to go following that concept where it's like a reality show that follows the new warriors. Oh my god, that would be great. Except this is Freeform, which is like ABC Family rebranded. So oh yeah, they they do it. Yeah. But this yeah, version, I mean, it's upsetting because then it means it's going to be all fucking shaky cam. But this Squirrel Girl New Warriors is post that Civil War. Like this. Oh, is, I don't mean that know. they're. I mean, that's the problem, oh, though. Is yeah. they they will easily take a cast that they think is recognizable and then run with an idea that's different. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Again, they don't give a fuck. But Scarlet Spider has been a member of New Warriors at one point. Marvel Boy, Dark Hawk, Speedball. Uh, Anthony, are you? Do you know anything about the New Warriors? Are you excited for a uh, another Marvel TV show? I could give two shits about this. Okay, moving on. Uh, we I got some news in the world of comics, people. Yes, we actually do talk about comics. This is a very interesting uh, conversation that's been going on. The Marvel vice president of sales made a couple of comments uh, that sparked a little bit of controversy. Here's what happens from a article from The Vulture. They said Marvel Comics experienced declining sales in 2016, a trend concerning for the entire industry. David Gabriel, vice president of sales at Marvel, gave an interview about the slump, wherein he proposed that Marvel's recent attempts to diversify its storytelling and put more female characters front and center might be at fault for the downturn. Here's what he said. He said, what we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard. Whether we believe it or not, I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new, our female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. That was a, that was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out, and nothing new really worked. Later, reaching out to clarify his comments, Gabriel noted that Marvel has no intention of abandoning many of its more recent titles and heroes. He explained, contrary to what some said about creator characters not working, the sticking factor in popularity for major majority of these new titles and characters like Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, The Mighty Thor, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, and Moon Girl continue to prove that our fans in retails are excited about these new heroes. And let me be clear, our new heroes are not going anywhere. Despite Marvel's commitment to its new heroes, however, Gabriel also revealed renewed plans to ensure we don't lose focus of our core heroes. So it sounds like, and this is right now when Captain America is a fascist Hydra agent and they're doing this crazy secret empire uh, event. Is it the diversity that's the problem? It sounds like people just want their basic characters. What do you guys think? So... As being the one of the, the the whitest people alive, I obviously <laughs> am the one who should talk about this first. Yes, absolutely. Of course. Uh, <laughs> go white man, go white boy, go. My feeling of it is this: Marvel's fans are not tired of diversity, right, or female characters. They are tired of ham-fisted attempts to make diversity work for the company. Instead of things like, well, now Iron Man is going to be a young black girl right. and Thor is going to be a woman and Spider-Man's going to be a young black Latino queer kid right? and things like this. He's queer? Wait, he's queer? 
I don't remember. I thought I heard that somewhere. <laughs> it was it, it was it was talked about, but never they never did it. Okay, you know, and now and now Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is going to be Captain America, and so on and so forth. Uh, the problem that it tends to come from is that everyone sees through the layer of bullshit. Yeah. That, you know, while they could sit there and say, well, the whole point of it is to say that, you know, these characters are just symbols and anybody can wear the mantle and, and, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. We get it. But the whole point of it is that this is what you say, but really all you're doing is you're trying to make up for the fact that, you know, black kids don't see themselves represented in comics. So now, well, we've got like 40 new black characters because you want sales. It's you're not creating characters that have any meaning to them. You're not representing any sort of a minority group for the fact of making them feel included. You're doing it because you see it as an untapped market. So to turn around and say that, oh, well, people don't want diversity. People don't want women. They just want the old characters. No, people remember that when you had the old characters, you made stories and characters that fucking mattered. Yeah. Instead of shoving them down our throats. For it, just cause. So if you could create new characters, I think yes. one that I would point out honestly is the ongoing Miss Marvel series yes. they have right now. I was going to say that. Yes. Because while she decided to take the moniker of Miss Marvel, she didn't gain Carol Danvers powers. She didn't, you know, suddenly just become Miss Marvel because she is Middle Eastern. She had her own thing that happened to her, yep. her own personality and her own character arc. And she decided to take on that mantle as a way of saying that she respects the people who have come before her. That's how you fucking do it. That is and how you that's do strictly it. Yep. because G Willow Wilson was yep. the one who wrote it. Yep. And she's a, you know, she's an inhuman, you know, so it's, it's completely removed from Carol Danvers. But like you said, it was an homage in honor and it works really well. And that's one of the early ones. Uh, that I thought they were successful. Rugs, what's your take on this? Well, I I don't know. I think this guy who said this thing, I, I don't agree with what he's saying. I think he's trying to pin like a like, you know, this these sales slumps on on this thing, but it's actually a bunch of different things. Like as a guy who's been collecting comics like for a long fucking time, I've noticed that I remember the times where issues used to sell in the millions. Yep, All right. Yep. Like Spider-Man used to sell in the hundreds of thousands easily. OK. Yeah. Now um, you got um, issues of like even even Miss Marvel selling like maybe it's lucky to sell 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. lucky. Sometimes it's under that. Sometimes it's like 17, 15,000, you know, and um, that's like really. And it, even though that's not a lot of people buying comics, it's that sad. You know, it's just it's just weird. Like uh, people are, are abandoning this medium. So the only people that really still collect are the old hardcore guard. And maybe a f and there is a small percentage of new people coming in. And it's not as big as you think, because even Batman and Spider-Man, they don't sell. And they, they're lucky to sell 100,000 issues. That's uh, fucking nothing. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are, you know, the numbers are going to tell you, Anthony, you're a sales guy. The guy's looking at the numbers and he's reacting. Do you think that it is that the people didn't like these characters or look, we jump ship. Is it because of the constantly there's these events, they're renumbering things. These books get canceled. Yeah, they start let, let, me, let me hit on that. So I'm someone that was buying comics right? with Imran and then I quit like maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yep. I don't remember. To pin it on just the minority factor, it probably is a little bit of a factor. Uh, no doubt that people like their traditional characters and they're like, what the fuck? I like my cap as Steve Rogers. 
maybe not even having to do with the race. It's just like Steve Rogers is capped to me. Regardless, though, I think the events fatigue is starting to catch up with them because things just don't matter. Like you, there's yeah. quarterly events yeah. all the time. And that kind of what soured me is because why am I buying these issues weekly? If we're catering to events, I might as well just buy the trade. Right. Why am I going to collect comics weekly when I can just read the whole fucking event in a trade? And every mm-hmm. event is like, this is going to change the fucking universe. And then this something gets rebooted or it's a new rebranding. So that I think is just wearing on readers. It wore on me. Yeah. The other thing is like Delhauer mentioned, they kind of went this diversity route. Like Miles Morales worked because it was like in its own alternate universe, the yeah. ultimate universe. And it was yeah. like organic sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And Miss, Mrs. Cara, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, yeah. uh, Kamala Khan's worked because of the character work. But it seems like they went this diversity route all at once. Like, all of a sudden, Thor became a woman. Right. Iron Man became a black girl. Yeah. Sam Wilson was Fal- Falcon. Yeah. Amadeus Cho became the Hulk. It all happened too much at too once. Soon. Yeah. yeah. And so it was clearly like, okay, this isn't just an organic thing. This is a money grab to it's, cater and yeah. to pander to the minority pandering. market. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. And it's funny, looking at the, the picture that they have with this io9 article about it, yeah. it's, it's a painting that Alex Ross did about the Generations, yeah, one. The Generations one, where it's it's, you know, now Wolverine's a woman, Thor's a woman, Captain America's a black guy, Nova is a teenager, Captain Marvel is a woman, you know, Miss Marvel is a young yep. Middle Eastern girl, yep. Hawkeye is a woman, yep. Iron Man is yep. now a woman, Spider-Man is now a young black kid, the Hulk is now an Asian dude. And well, it's like yeah. it's 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 all these things where it's like I said, I don't I don't get why you feel you need to completely take characters that are already established and go well it's the same character concept but now we just have a different person but, in there but just look it's at like the, you could have just made a new character yeah yeah absolutely but just look at like the re- the reason why they're trying to pander it's like they're like trying to grab these people but there's nobody that's reading this shit they're yeah. like well we want all these people to come on board well no one's coming on board yeah and on top speaking to what anthony was talking about too with all the event comics it doesn't help in the fact that even even when there isn't some major like full company event like Secret Wars or Secret Empire or whatever it is, where now you're buying 15, 16 titles every week Just to, to keep, keep up. up with yes. It. You also have things where like, you know, there's four different X-Men comics and every month or so, you know, every two months, they're all having fucking crossover events. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So now you need to read all new X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and, you know, the Astonishing X-Men just to see what the hell is going on with this one story. I, I, got two, I got two more points real quick. I think that, um, wow, I fucking forgot. Go ahead, rug boy. Who's on drugs now, <laughs> motherfucker? You would think about that- drugs? You would yeah. think that from, <laughs> it's bad. from seeing that the, the amount of drop off from like 20 years ago till now, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a major drop off. You have, you know, things that used to sell in the hundreds of thousands now selling in the tens of thousands. So you're like, okay, we're losing. We're definitely losing people. So who's still around? Who's still reading? And why won't, why is this not growing? And people are like forgetting that. There's video games out there that people are watching. All these shows are out there now. You don't have to read the comics anymore. You can watch Green Arrow on TV. You can watch Luke Cage on TV. So instead of working on these big crossovers to try and get more people in that were to fucking confuse the people that already are on board, like I'm a big collector and these fucking crossovers and this rebooting and this and that was annoying the shit out of me. I'm like, I couldn't get one year run that was good anymore. 
Let yep. me get a good 12 issues that tells a complete story that's not interrupted by some bullshit or all of a sudden my the main character is not the main character. It's like Spider-Man's Doc Ock. Like it's not even like the race race thing. Or, no, it's not. It's just just it's just they're just being dicks about like the things that we love. Yes. And that's, like, the, that's the, the drugs wore off for me. So I think I remember. <laughs> OK, <that. laughs> what are your what they're also like Rugboy mentioned is like the audience is quite small. So it's your hardcore fans yeah. that are that are buying this stuff yeah. and you're asking your hardcore fans to buy like 50 titles yeah like if they're trying to follow everything and they're already and you're pissing them off with these events and you're pissing them off with changing and pandering the yep. you know let's be let's be honest you're old you're a lot of your old comic book fans are fat white guys yep. they probably smell really bad um they're not really they're not no. clamoring for any of this shit they're, they want to just collect the they run. They want the Hulk they know. They want the Wolverine they, want, exactly. they know. They want the Spider-Man and, they know. And, okay, let's say you change, like they have, you've changed all these characters to the to a different race. Let's say you give them a chance. All of these comic book fans are wise. They know that the main character is coming back to his title. Yeah. So they're not invested in these new characters anyway because the comic book industry has trained you to think, okay, Batman will come back eventually. Steve Rogers is not dead. He will come back. Hal Jordan it's, came back. Everybody, you know? everybody comes back. back. And it is all Jean Grey's fault. It's always Jean Grey's <laughs> fault. She kills everyone. But if you were trying to attract new, younger readers with these new characters, hey, guess what? Your sales ain't going to budge because these fucking kids can torrent anything they want these days. They're not yeah. going to walk into a store, a physical brick and mortar store to pick up something on paper. Uh, it's not going to happen. Well, look at it from a kid's perspective, yeah. though. Let's say you 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 do pick up a comic that has someone that looks like you. Like yeah. I pick up Jane Foster Thor. Yeah, whatever. And then eventually that same title that I've picked up is back to regular Thor. And you're like, oh, what oh, happened? What the fuck? <laughs> even, oh, even worse then is yeah. the fact that you picked up the mighty Thor, which is the Jane Foster Thor. Yeah. After like 15 issues or whatever, suddenly they reintroduce the actual Thor. And yes. now you've got two you're Thor like, Wait, the un- Who's the unworthy Thor? And then you got to follow both of them to figure out what the fuck is going on. Look, as a longtime listener or reader, I, a <laughs> listener. A listener I'm a listener. You first time. You do edit the show. First time, long time. Uh, I miss... The, the the long runs. I miss being deep into like a 200, 300 issue of a story and, and having to go back and, and, and fill and get the back issues and having this wealth of, of history continue. For example, Kamala Khan is a great example. I picked up her book when it started. I was loving it. She had a great run. Then all of a sudden there's a big event. The book ends. It restarts again. This should be a good jumping point. But this is the point when Anthony and I were just like, you know what? Ah, we're done. I can't. There was one year. I think it was 2015, 2016. Spider-Gwen had like four number ones. Oh, shit. Four different number one titles of Spider-Gwen came out in one year. And I was like, what? what is this? What What happened? Every, look at the comic book shelves now. Everything is a low number. Well, well you know what the comic book, you, industry, comic book industry has taken from TV? Yeah. They've taken the model that it's a season of comics. So, like, you go, you have your run of one through 10, 15 yeah. issues. Yeah. Then they rebrand it as the new Marvel or the, the, the event comic. And that's season two. That's what they're taking is they're taking this binge uh, audience and doing the season one. Yeah, okay. Now yeah. it's season two. Yeah. All right. Now it's season three. Yeah. So that there's these easy jump off points. I think that's what they've taken from TV is that binge watching kind of feel. Maybe. I don't know if it's the right move though. I feel like there are only a few writers who even like get themselves set up on doing multiple arcs and long running stories like bendis will still do that bendis do, is one yep he'll do a five-story arc 
there you go. That's great. Now we're going to move on to, to issue number six, and it's going to be a new story with the same characters. And yeah, but instead you have a lot of these guys where they come on and they're like, I have a great idea for a Hulk story. They're like, all right, well, what is it? It's like, well, it's only going to be like eight issues and then I'll be done. Cause I don't, I don't want to keep writing Hulk. You know, say what you will about the Dan slot rugs. At least he's got, he's got a, a, a pack behind him. He's got a hundred plus issues and a long run, which is something you don't really see that much anymore. Well, a shitty writer being on a book for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's the last of a dying breed. <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't even survive the Reed branding. He dealt. He did what seven hundred issues. Yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. And they and had, had rebranded. Amazing Spider-Man starts one. at number one. That to me, that I was like, okay, you fucking you crossed the line. So clearly, Marvel has more like more problems than just a diversity yeah. thing that they're yeah. trying to pin it on. It's yeah. not that. It's just the whole comic book industry is just fucked up. I mean, DC with their rebirth managed to wrangle, you know, old fans back because they went back to the old characters. Yes. Yes. And, and that's they what they tried this, to reset that's it. what they're going to try to do with the generations. Yeah. I will. So, I will. My last piece on it, I will say is uh, to, to follow up a little bit on what I said before, you know, the problem is not the diversity of the characters in all honesty. It is definitely the diversity of the creators mm-hmm. because with when I was, you know, with G. Willow Wilson writing Miss Marvel, yeah. this was a Middle Eastern woman writing a story about a Middle Eastern girl living in America. She knows what that life is like. She knows how to characterize that. Having some like thirty-five-year-old white dude write a story from the point of view of a fifteen-year-old black girl doesn't work. Yeah, he did uh, create the Riri. G. Willow is a uh, she's a convert though. I think she's an American uh, con- Muslim convert. But she clearly did study a Pakistani family because she nailed all that shit. Okay, two more quick facts and then we'll wrap this up. Marvel has said after this secret empire, no more big uh, major events for 18 months at least. Oh, shit. They've seen, oh, shit. They've seen the writing on the wall. Let's see if they stick to that. Yeah. I doubt it. They I'm said very- they're, they're gonna they're not gonna do any more events. Which is you like- can blame you can blame the events on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, the mother of all events. That's the yeah. one that started all this shit. And then in terms and of and that's the ultimate reboot too. Yeah, yeah. That that was the reset. And also, then think of it this way: back in the eighties when they did the original Secret Wars, yeah, they didn't reset the fucking universe no, with that. Everything everyone just, just came back came, from it, yep, and they they, came they, right back. they took what happened and yep. they integrated it into you know issue forty nine or whatever. That, I I like that. I missed that. That's how you do it. They get back right into. Uh, now we've seen with Civil War, it was so delayed that the second Civil War too that the end was totally spoiled because they started putting out the books after the ending before it finished because they couldn't fucking get it out in time. Uh, in terms of sales, I thought it was interesting. In March, Marvel made more money, but DC moved more units. And that is specifically because in March, Amazing Spider-Man 25 came out with a $9.99 cover price. Oh, shit. This is a $10 <laughs> comic book it was Ooh, it was thick the balls on marvel yeah dude i was like what the <laughs> fuck i bought it it was there was a lot of oh, story yeah, you, you bought of course it I bought it. You would. <laughs> it was like 90 pages but i was like fuck you marvel 999 what the fuck is this shit you but you didn't really say fuck you you bought it no i i said fuck you as i was buying it to, to myself <laughs> He was so mad the moment they put that dick in his mouth <laughs> i was like fuck you take my money you fucking bastards Jesus Christ. But they, so I thought that was an interesting discrepancy. All right, that, that's it for the comic book talk, guys. Let's wrap up the news. Uh, we're going to play a couple of neat little promos for some of our pod friends, and we will carry on. Yeah! 
Trivia Geeks, the unpredictable game show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day in time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. It's not just any day. It's Mr. Throwback Thursday. Hey, this is Jamie. And this is Bill, and we are the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real? We do, and we talk about it every Thursday. You can check out Woo News, One and Done, Record of the Week, and a whole lot more. That's Mr. Throwback Thursday, keeping it classic on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HighVoltageRadio.com. And always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Hi, listener. How are you? Look, if we've made you laugh, if you enjoy the show, you've been enjoying the show these past few weeks, months, two years, uh, why don't you consider joining our fan club? Uh, just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And for a low monthly pledge, you're going to help out the show, help cover some costs, and you're going to get hours and hours of bonus, ri- ridiculous, stupid audio that uh, stuff we cut, post-shows, pre-shows, instant reactions, uh, Anthony's sex stories. You'll learn what Gueva Doce is. It's you'll laugh, you'll learn, you'll cry, all at our fan club. It's very good. Yeah. Gueva Doce. Cry. You will cry. I don't, know, I don't know when you'll cry. <laughs> you might cry. Come for the last, leave with the Gueva Doce. Leave with the Gueva Doce. You're going to learn something you didn't want to know about. Jogginner.com slash Patreon. Check it out. We're going to talk about the season seven finale of Walking Dead, so I got to press this button. Trap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Season 7 ended uh, the 16th episode titled The First Day of the Rest of Your Life. Uh, And, well, it was a season finale. Had a couple of oh shit moments. Uh, But who, what what do you guys think overall? Anthony? Uh, How did you think the season ended in The Walking Dead? I mean, it didn't, there's stuff that happened, so it didn't end horribly. I think my biggest, I, I kind of liked it. I don't know. I'm, I'm also confused. I'm confused <laughs> on how I even feel about yes, it, to be honest yes. with you. Um, I think the one thing that I didn't really like is that, like, they had this, like, they could have set up this elaborate plan and, like, made Rick out to be smart and, like, cunning and, like, to really. Like, he was fucking, planning something this whole time. Well, like they like they could have like tricked the saviors or done something, 
And like, I didn't see the, the plot twist coming with the garbage people. So well done, I guess, but I didn't really wasn't invested in the garbage people. Either. Also, how dumb is Rick to get fucking caught in the double well, that, cross? That, that's what I'm getting at is it's not that Rick really got Negan. It's that he just kind of got lucky. Like the, the, the yeah. other crews, the, the one from the hilltop yeah. and the one from uh, the, the kingdom kingdom, they just show up. Yeah. Like Rick wasn't, it was not like Rick was like outsmarted Negan this time around. It's just pure stupidity and luck that he's even in this position. So that's a little bit. That's not great writing. Yeah. I felt like <laughs> the whole time I was watching this, like whoever wrote this is just jerking off. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, man, a little oh, bit of that. Shit. A little bit of that. We're going to fake you out here. We got a little dang list there. And then all of a sudden, here comes the tiger. And then here, and, see, yeah, that's it. Here yeah. comes the. So, the yeah. the end the last episode of this season perfectly helped me sum up this season yeah. uh in a way that I think at least you guys will appreciate. Season seven of The Walking Dead was the worst hand job you've ever gotten. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Hold on. Dude. Get your hand off my penis! That's what they did to us all exactly. season long. It oh, starts shit. off hot and heavy with Glenn getting his fucking eye busted out. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I see where this is going. This yeah. shit's going to be crazy. Yeah. And then you realize it really starts slowing down and she doesn't actually know what she's doing. And then it gets to a point where like you're four hours in, you're already soft. You, and, like suddenly she just stops and you suddenly like, oh, oh, are we done? And she thinks she's teasing you, but really you're just upset that you're here. This season gave me blue balls. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just picturing Howard's parents at, with the ears of <laughs> <laughs> if they're hearing this uh, analogy oh my like, god uh, well okay well look what it, let's talk about let's talk about the sasha bits for a second uh because in the very beginning it's kind of a confusing beginning you see her in this confined space and you actually that's the moment when she dies like they started off with the actual moment when she dies and then we see Abraham. Weirdly looks yeah. like she's about to, in the midst of a fucking orgasm. She does yeah. have the O face on. It's true. And she's very sweating. bad. Yeah. And so, so Obviously her hand job was pretty good. Her, she had a, she had a good hand job in that coffin. So I, I this, so these coffin bits, these, these shots, I was, I was like, they, I think they used them a little too much. Cause it, it was yeah. so much filler. Oh. It was like, so much fucking filler. The whole thing, the whole thing with Sasha and her dying and having this, this, you know, dream conversation with Abraham and everything. Was it a dream or was it an actual conversation? That's how fucking confused that, that was. I, I wasn't sure either. I was like, what the fuck was it is the this? pre-conversation they had before they get, before Abraham gets his head bashed in? Oh, see, I honestly thought that this was like her fucking having an, uh, a dying a, a dream. Delusion. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And if, for that fact, it pissed me off more because I was like, you already did this with Tyrese. I don't need you to fucking start rehashing your own shit. It, yeah, they brought Abraham, and then word is out that they're like, don't rule out Glenn coming back next season, and, and it's going to be another fucking dream bullshit scene. And no, I guarantee you what they're going to do with Glenn is Maggie's going to go into labor, and while she's going into she labor, she's him. going to have a fucking vision of Glenn He's standing there, there or some shit. Well, what, what's stupid about that that vision, too, if it, if it is of Abraham, is like that relationship was like two episodes. Yeah. yeah. Like, why, why aren't you thinking of like the black guy that got his leg cut off? What's his fucking yeah. name? Bob. Bob. You had a relationship with Bob. 
You had By a the way, with I your find brother? it very, I find it very ironic. His name was Bob, and he had one leg. <laughs> <laughs> His wife's like, name is Eileen. Like, how come you weren't thinking of all the people that have like affected your life? Why were you thinking of or, a guy that like you just got into a relationship yeah. with? Yeah, yeah. Her, 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 brother. Brother. her brother. She yeah. lost her shit over losing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And so that begs the other question: Is uh, look, I did enjoy the the Sasha fake out in the coffin. Uh, where, because you actually see Negan surprised. You've never seen him like surprised and off his game. She, yeah, he was like, "Whoa!" He's like, "Oh, goddamn!" And uh, a shootout uh, happens, and that's when Trash Lady shoots Rick and knocks him over. And I was like, "Holy crap!" But did was Sasha really in, a character? And how much do we really know about Sasha? Like, I wasn't really that of uh, hurt by Sasha dying. No, right? no one was. No. Here, here's a bigger thing about that whole scene. Like the, the Sasha thing was a nice little bit, I guess. But again, like Negan is like the most fucking incompetent person ever. <laughs> Why is he negotiating with Rick that he's going to kill Sasha when he's got the entire crew of uh, Alexandrians under gunpoint? He could point. just slaughter. Like, why does he need didn't, Sasha to negotiate make, I don't know. when they're everyone? He can just be like, all right, garbage people, kill them all. He's already. Yeah, he's, he's, got he's already in a position of power. Didn't make any sense. Yeah, well, like, this is what happened. I'm watching the episode, and I'm like, okay, so first they're doing the jerking off thing with Sasha and the dream and cutting back and this and that. I'm like, oh, we don't need to see any of this. And then they get to the part where there's the turn, where, like, every uh, where the garbage people turn and they, they double-cross them. And I'm like, fuck, the momentum <laughs> is now gone. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, if they fucking put them on the knees and he – Walk around with that bat. And they've I'm done it. Yes. the TV off. Yep, yep. And that's exactly what they did. Again, again. And no. And then the, he's got the Rick face with yeah. the crying. Yeah. And the, he's, I'm like, again? Again. Wait, this is right. Again? Every time. This is not the first time he's had Nick on his on his knees. So and, Wait, uh, let me say something yeah. about the Rick, Rick on his knees. Yeah. That line he says, which is a repeat from the first line. Great line. But it, it, is, it means it. fucking nothing yeah. because. He didn't have a fucking plan. He didn't. He wasn't outsmarting Negan again. He just got lucky. I he got I, lucky. Yeah. He where he's like, I'm gonna kill you. I don't know where. I was dead. like, it's all so awesome. Like good stuff. Like yeah, that stuff he Rick I wanted Rick to say. It's but Rick talking. had no fucking plan. He's just yeah. talking out of his ass. Talking shit is great when you can back it up, but when you can't, it just means that you have nothing else to do and no concern yeah. for carl he's carl's about to get his head bashed in i will say that whole conversation where negan where he has him and you're like is he gonna fucking kill carl like that made me really uncomfortable and i realized i really don't want to see carl's head get bashed open by negan i oh my God, I, I, I was squirming I never for a second thought he was gonna get his head I, no I, did, I never thought he was gonna die. i thought yeah. i was like i was like maybe they're gonna do this and i actually was anticipating them actually no, going dude, you're, you're so gullible. When dude. Like, they're milking it so bad. You're so gullible <laughs> because I and couldn't. Then, I forgot about the others. I was like, how are they going to get out of this? And then you get the most like cartoony, but kind of awesome. Uh, Shiva just out of nowhere off screen takes the guy that down. I didn't mind. I mean, I don't know how Shiva knows who to fucking eat. Yeah, they all look the same. How do you know who to go after? Like that one. <laughs> and um, 
Then the music that they played when the fucking people, the kingdom came in, it was the cheesiest shit music. I'm like, who wrote this? Where did they get it from like an 80s video game and slap it on? Like, what the fuck? But Ezekiel is cheesy too. He's like, Alexandria will not fall today. Charge. Yeah, I, was I was like, like whoa. Arr. Okay. But I did see, I was like, yeah, I, re- I was cheering because I was like, oh shit, save the nick of time. Megan just pulled a ninja turtle. He just vanished into thin air. <laughs> and he's like, holy shit, a tiger. It was bulletproof. What the fuck? God, and the shooting, I didn't, it got confusing because I didn't know who was who and who was on whose side. They all kind of looked the same except the Alexandria there should cannon be fodder. Way more, there should be a huge body count after that because everybody had guns. Like it was yeah. like a John Woo Mexican standoff. Everyone was just shooting everyone else willy-nilly. At point blank. At point blank, right? Everybody had guns on them Still point missing. blank. Michonne got her ass kicked, and did anybody think for a second that was her that fell off the building? Nope. Yeah. You probably did. No, that one I knew I, that was not. <laughs> I knew that one you was. really thought Car- they were milking the shit out of that so much. It made me uncomfortable. Right it up. made me uncomfortable. It was right up to the, like, it's the exact same thing they did in the fucking first episode where yeah. he's got him sitting there. He's like, I'm going to make you cut his arm off. I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen. That made me uncomfortable, too. I don't know what it was. Like, for a second, I just buy it. I'm like, I'm thinking about what's going to happen. Chandler Riggs is, like, 25 years old now, but yes. he's also, the character's supposed to be, like, 13. Yeah. I don't think they can allow him to do anything. To this this season accomplished something that I didn't think they would try to accomplish, but they, they guess they wanted to do this. They literally took Negan and Rick and cut both of their balls off this season. Because Negan is like toothless now. He takes every Alexandrian and like doesn't kill him. He doesn't kill any of them. And then and he's like, and Alexandra, by the way, has killed like an entire uh, satellite base of his unprovoked. And like Negan kills like three people. Yeah. And then Rick, like, is just the luckiest motherfucker ever with like no teeth whatsoever, and it was a pussy half the season. (laughs) What are we doing here? Throughout the past two seasons, every time anything happened with the Saviors, they were screwing people over, hanging dudes from bridges, starting fires, yep. gutting people. Yep. You know, like, and they were supposed to be like the most badass guys ever. But then Negan comes across from the the people in Alexandria, and just because they're the main characters, is like, ah, I'm not gonna hurt you. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He should have killed all these motherfuckers. So, what was good about the episode? Uh. The, two, well, the, the surprise, the, 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 the two gar- surprises, you, the garbage the people tiger. thing was surprised me. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. The tiger surprise. was kind the of tiger. entertaining. Sasha it zombie, was, it, it, Sasha zombie was yeah. was nice, and it worked. I guess at the end when they're actually fighting back, and they like you see the saviors kind of fall back. That like kind of worked for me. Other than that, and then uh, Maggie's speech at the end was good. Negan giving the finger as he goes. Yeah. I like, uh, did you catch that like little like wooden soldier thing? Yeah, that- yeah, that was from uh, Dwight, Dwight. Right? yeah, because Dwight was going to sneak him in, but then everything gets all fucked up, and he writes on there, didn't know, as if to say, look, I didn't know this was going to fucking happen. I-, I do find that the most two most interesting characters for me, although it should have been fucking Maggie, because this should have been Maggie's season, I think I mentioned oh, this yeah, last week, absolutely. but I think the two most characters, two interesting characters that are left are Dwight to me and fucking uh, what's his face with the mo- with the uh, with the the bad Eugene. hair Eugene. Eugene I think Eugene's actually emerged as somewhat of an interesting I, now, I honestly I loved Eugene's character arc yeah. in this season yeah. Yeah. as shitty as this season was yeah like he finally got his due he knew what he knew what his purpose was where what what he needs to do I like when he rolled up on him and Rick's like uh, where's Negan and he's like I'm Negan. Like, what do you shit. think he's doing though? Is he he's is he he's going to go dead? back? He's going back. Cause Sasha makes the line, "I still believe in you," uh, like, yeah. before she dies, and he's like, 
Oh fuck! I, so he's gonna he's gonna find courage. That's gonna be his argument. Something is probably gonna. I don't, don't, don't want to. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I like heel. Yeah. I like heel Eugene. The heel yeah. Eugene will I like make Eugene turn embracing back. the fact that he's just a fucking scumbag guy. And this has, has no balls. I like the idea of it basically being a statement of look. When you guys had Eugene, you treated him like shit because he wasn't exactly like you. But when I have Eugene yeah. and I recognize he has a purpose and I treat him well, he fucking does whatever I want him to. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, and I can see how Eugene would feel appreciated that way. If somebody sees, you know, what well, Eugene and, and I like Dwight's arc of, okay, like you, Negan doesn't have your wife anymore. You don't owe anything to this guy anymore, so you're going to fucking infiltrate Dwight, yeah, and, and yeah. kill it from the inside. Dwight's so, going to be their inside guy for sure, yeah. I do honestly you, don't give a shit about Dwight. <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys recall any inkling from Negan's camp that they were dealing with the uh, the scavengers? No, no, that came out of nowhere. No, that was out there, of there, no, should that have was, been so, there should be something. Was, yeah, that was that was straight up just just oh well we need a big twist. Yeah, that was yeah, a little forced. That was we no can't, we setup. Can't let Rick's yeah. gang have any sort of a, a leverage. Yeah. 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 It's clumsy. So look, this uh this finale had the lowest rating in five years. Yeah. They've wow. been dropping they've been dropping people like I think seven million people dropped out. It was uh wow. yeah, it was watched yeah. by eleven point three million people. Uh, but it's usually the season finales have grabbed 12 million viewers in each finale since here. So this season started with 17 million people. Episode one, episode 16, 11.3 million. And you could see it goes down. Well, 12, 11, 11, 10, 11 is a lot level. still. Yeah. But that's like agents of shield season one esque kind of drop off. Yeah. It's, I think it's not as bad, but. It's up there. That's uh, you pissed off a lot of people. Whoever, yeah, a lot of people dropped. Like you have to also recognize when season two of Supergirl started on CW. I think they got like eleven million people watching like the the premiere, and that was fucking amazing to them. Yeah, like oh my god, eleven million people watch this on CW. Walking Dead. It's like eleven million people watched your your finale. Ooh man, we fucked up. perspective right? i mean overall this season like how that the cliffhanger was a tease for negan this whole season was a big fucking tease for the next season well it's it's all it's been it's so well, fucking frustrating it's been decompressed and then they still do decompress like imagine they took out the fucking 15 minutes they spent with sasha's you know goodbye scene you know all like, padding yeah uh they could have done more they could have set up some some of this stuff and made it pay off better but they 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 chose to do this. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why they do these. Things. I mean, it, I for a season finale, I found it to be not that uh, great. It, it honestly so felt like this season of Walking Dead had like maybe four or five episodes. Yeah. written. Yeah, yeah. Stretched it to thirteen. I also to to run with something you guys had said last week. If they had replaced the junkyard scavenger people with Oceanside. Yeah, everything would have made so much more fucking sense. Yeah, why? Why do you sideline this whole group of people? You take their guns and you just sideline them. Like I don't, and then you got to introduce the trash people. Like what? Because well, especially make sense. like in the episode when when Tara first meets uh, Oceanside, they comment on the idea of oh well, you know the the saviors came in and they took all of the men from here and yeah. like they were terrible to us. So you have okay, you all have a reason to fight. 
bring Rick and his group here. You're reluctant at first, but you decide to go along with it. You go off. You then go to to take on the saviors. Double cross. It turns out Oceanside is actually working for the saviors. It fucking matters at that point. But bring in a random group you've never heard of from anywhere before and, oh, now they're the bad guys. What do I care? Yeah, it's shitty. Plus the scavengers, what? yeah, they had no beef with Negan. Like, why would they even want to be on your side? How about how flip-floppy the fucking leader of the scavengers is? Like, how many times has she caved on something? Like one time where he goes, say yes. She goes, yes. And then she requested something from Negan and she caved She wanted 12 people or something like that. And he goes, her value and he goes, 10. She goes, 10. Yes, he just fucking caves right away. I will say, though. Pretty funny. I think my favorite moment of this finale is the leader of the scavengers just outright saying, once this is all over, I'm having sex with Rick. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a funny line. Wait. And then it's like, it's like, there's just that pause. And I, I forget, I think it's a funnier die does like the most ridiculous things from the episode of walking dead. And they have a screenshot of Rick's reaction, like three different frames. And it's like, this is a man who doesn't know what he just heard. This is a man who's now thinking about it, and this is a man who's now wondering if he can turn it into a threesome. <laughs> Wait, I missed that line. What was the line? She was like, uh, after this is all over, I'll, I will bed Rick. Oh, that's right. She says Rick. it to Michelle. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it's something along the lines of like, I'm going to have him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That girl's crazy. Uh, so... What do they got to do next next season? Can they fix this? Is this show I don't done? Know. It's, like, it's so confusing because right after I watch something, I'll go on YouTube and I'll like look for instant reactions. Yeah. And, and, and like all the Walking Dead fans are creaming their jeans over this thing. Really? They're like, they loving it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, oh, obviously there's people that love this shit out of the show. Then they'll take anything that happens and they'll defend it to the nth degree. So, you know, maybe our criticisms are in the minority. I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> people dropping off, but I having mean, having yeah, losing six million people is yeah. definitely a thing of it. But yeah. even like, I've known some people who were like, like you know, Kool Aid drinking fans of the Walking Dead show, who even said to me like, "Dude, I haven't even been watching the second half of this season. It's so stupid." Now. Yeah, they just it's it's gotten silly and like so. I mean, are they going to decompress the war? Is this war ever even going to get started? I knew it was going to end with them going, "We're going to war." Well, it's going to get so bad, like, they're going to decompress it to the point where the show's going to be in real time, like, fucking 24. <laughs> it's going to be 24, Walking Dead. It's going to be like, we're going to have a season that takes Blink. place over the course of, Blink. like, 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Blink. Blink. Damn it. I honestly think, yeah, and, and I never thought I'd get to this point, I think the show's almost dead. Yeah. And like, they, creatively, like, yeah. think about, like, the comics, like, in, like, what they did to Negan, like, in the comics, and I know this because I watched some YouTube videos, I didn't read the comics. There was never that scene where they killed all these people in the satellite yeah. case. Vegan just shows up. Vegan just shows up and as that's a fucking awesome. badass. That's how it should have been. But they don't do that here. They they try to change it up. Yeah. And it just makes Negan look so fucking weak because he should have just slaughtered all of his Alexandria if they were this fucking badass crew. But he yeah. doesn't. He kills only two people. He lost like thirty people in that fucking thing. And you can kind of be like, uh, and you kind of like if you think about Negan, you're like he's actually all right, which is not what you should think of Negan. I mean, in the comics, his thing is like, he, when you meet him, the way he introduces himself is, I'm going to have to kill one of you. Uh, and now well, we're yeah, friends. It's, they, in the comic, I think it's that they first meet Hilltop. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we, we should be like pooling resources and working together. And Hilltop's like, yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, 
well, that's weird. And on their way back and to they, Alexandria, they, find they get stopped by Negan. Yep, yep. And he's like, yeah, I hear you're trying to take my stuff, and I can't have that. And yep. I need you to know that I'm serious. And he murders Glenn. Yep. And so then it's there like, well, we got to fucking do something yep. about this. Like, we got to rally together and stop him. And everyone's like, you can't stop him. Like, that's this is just how it is now. Where And where that story, where they are now is is nuts. I'm still reading. Uh, but, but that storyline is different than yeah. what they did. And, it, and, it, and it's better. And it, yeah. makes, yeah, Negan, it makes Negan a lot more Absolutely. interesting than he is right now. They also, because they know that Negan is a fan favorite character from the comic, and they know that everyone, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like one of the biggest names that they've brought on that didn't get famous because of this show. They knew that they needed to have him on screen more. So that's why they started having all these these character moments that really are, are making him more of a person like in the comic. Yeah, Negan had his his moral code of I won't allow rape, but he was still killing people because he wanted to. And, you know, he still had this no tolerance policy for just a bunch of shit. Like, I, I, I think the, the whole ironing people's face thing was from the comic yep, as well. Yep, yep. But it's, he killed a lot more of his own people. Yeah. Like, and, it was just straight up like you broke a rule gunshot. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not what's happening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what's happening again, is that we have a guy that is almost ambiguous as, as Rick in in his morality. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, even even better than at, at times. Yeah. Like he's he's like you know what all you got to do is if you if you work for me man you got it made you can have your own apartment with video games and a nice chair that's very and nice a good bed and I'll treat you like a person but if you cross me. Well, then I'm going to have to be mean, Negan. See, they, they, to be mean. they never show the people like the only time that you get an inkling of how like oppressive Negan is, is when you see the, the harem and that's it. Like you never see the other guys that fucking hate Negan, but they have to be uh, they have to succumb to him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you see the harem and then it's the one moment when he has Carl where he walks in and everybody kneels down and he says to Carl, oh, yeah, they'll fucking stay down until I tell them to. Yeah. When, yeah. Whenever he steps into like the, the warehousey area, everyone is uh, at attention. Uh, is there too many characters in this show now? Is that is that starting to be an issue? Like, I feel like maybe you kill a couple more people. Well, now the problem the is there's a little been bit. more than two main characters for seasons now. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since season four, it's not Rick's story anymore. It's that whole group. And now they're adding in Negan and they're adding in, you know, Dwight and they're adding in whoever the fuck else. Kingdom. Kingdom. You got Ezekiel. You know, yeah. And now, and now it's, everybody has to have just as much screen time because we all care about all these characters. And then that's we where don't. we get these fucking standalone decompressed episodes that don't move the plot along. And really, do we and need a whole It's why you so. need to have it like Carol's not going to be a badass anymore. Fine. Great. Kill her off then. Yeah. Like, we don't need to watch an old lady sit in the house regretting that she killed people. Hem and haw, and then eventually come back to killing people again. Like, really? What a waste. Yeah. I don't I don't need to see the budding romance of her and Ezekiel over pomegranates. I mean, this like this season does not get me excited at all for next season. Like, if it, there was no next season, it wouldn't really bother me at this point. I want them all to just kill each other and the yeah. show to be. And then just end it. Well, season six was shit, too. Yeah. But yeah. everyone was like, well, at least we got Negan coming. That's why I'm like season eight. Like what? I'm not excited at all. No. Cause like I saw a season of Negan now and he was overexposed and defanged. Like what the fuck? What, yeah. what do I, what do you have to look forward to now? Yeah. We weren't well, happy war. with the war, right? We, yeah. And like, but we, yeah. we should have had the war this season. We should have had the war. It should, the war should have been started halfway through this season. Legitimately last yeah. season six 
should have been uh, working at Alexandria, meeting Hilltop halfway through Negan shows up, figuring out what they're going to do, getting fucked over. Season seven should have been fucking 16 episodes of them at war. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough for your character development to fucking get all this shit out without slowing things down. It's funny how we weren't happy with the cliffhanger ending last year, and now there's no cliffhanger ending, and we're like, well, this guy sucked. <laughs> but it's just the show but it's not, in it's general. Not, it's, it's, yeah. I don't think anything would have saved. Like, no. They, this episode was just a culmination of a really bad season. Yeah, TV. yep, 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 yep. Very uneven and uh, frustrating, and with lots of bad CGI. Their practical effects are always good. They should just stick to that. Have you guys seen the picture of the the making of the tiger attack at the end? Oh, there's a yeah, there's a guy in a blue. Uh, it's a chubby guy in a blue suit. It's it's a dude in a in a green <laughs> yeah. morph suit yeah. jumping off of a trampoline at a person. Yes, and he like just he just tackles him <laughs> from the back. It's pretty funny. And then they just take him out. They need. Oh wow, see, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. I want to see the untouched footage from the angle that they had, where it that, just out of nowhere you that guy in a morph suit. It was in in Talking Dead. They showed the video of that. They showed the video of the guy jumping at the guy, and it was hilarious. Uh, after after his show, his, like, it's great when you get picked to be the guy to be the tiger. Can I be the Can I be the guy that jumps up? Like, you look kind of like a tiger. <laughs> well, it makes me it makes me think of the the SNL sketch they had a few years ago where it was uh, Bobby Moynihan was playing the mocap actor the Game of for Thrones. the dragons. In yes, Game of Thrones. that was great. <laughs> he's in the background, and they're like, "This is a game," and then he goes, "Of Thrones," and he's like, "Cut." Who said that? He's like, oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay, and now we need the dragon. And he just throws his arms open and starts like screaming. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Season seven. This show. It's like a. Did it. Yeah. We got through it, guys. We're all here. We're uh, all I also still. think Jerry was severely underused. I need more Jerry. He's the best. At least he, he ha- should get his own show. He had his axe with him in the battle scene. I was happy to see his fucking axe and then him shooting. And then what was that gun? Daryl, uh, Glenn, uh, Daryl had Daryl had some crazy, like military automatic fucking weapon. Yeah. Nuts. I don't know. They yeah, got it from had, the scavengers like, or something. He a gun from Halo. Or yeah, he did. He totally, it oh, totally it? looked like a halo gun. It looked was like it an aug. I don't know. It looked like a gun from a video video game. Yeah, I'll find out. But fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Be better. Walking Dead next season. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can watch the show anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll watch it. Fuck. I'm not happy. Yeah. Are we moving to the next thing? Or what let's we move on. I'm done. No, any more final thoughts? We're going to war. Yeah. Pfft, whatever. Oh. I wanted to mention two more quick things that aired on television this week. Uh, whether you guys have caught up or not, doesn't matter. Legends of Tomorrow season two ended. Uh, Rugs, did you get a chance to watch this? I didn't watch all of it. I stopped kind of like in the middle. I lost interest in it actually. Dalhauer, have you been watching Legends at all? Uh, no. I watched <laughs> the first few episodes, and then when Rip Hunter left, yeah. I was like, I got no reason to be here. Here's the thing, though. Season two was way better than season one, precisely because they got rid of Rip Hunter. And it gave nah, uh, Sarah Lance, Katie Lotz, a chance to step up and be captain. It gave the team a chance to, like, fuck things up and figure out how to be a team and how to save time. I really, like, the first season of this show was horrible because of Vandal Savage and the Hog people. This season was really comic book fun. Like it was a lot of fun. They went to a lot of different timelines, a lot of crazy shit. 
the villains are people we know and love. And uh, the Legion of Doom, I thought, worked better than Vandal Savage because it's Damien Dark, it's Eobard Thawne reverse Flash, and it's Malcolm Merlin. Okay, well, I'll, I'll counter that with I, I, the, the, the Spear of Destiny thing yeah. was fine, and yeah. it was nice watching them jump around to different things, this and that. But when they started warping reality and then they started doing these Elseworld episodes of different realities and shit, I was like, all right, I, this is, I don't want to watch this. Well, that's part of what the spear does, but they did something on this last episode uh, Spoiler alert. that I didn't think they'd ever do. They went, they went back and uh, had to go stop themselves like two episodes ago from doing something like they broke all fucking rules of reality and paradox. And there was two sets of these heroes from just a little bit apart. Uh, and it, it worked like it was a it was a great ending. It was it was pretty fun. I just I enjoyed the season as a whole way better than the first season. Do you mean all those rules and paradoxes they that in the break. last episode of the yeah. first season they proved weren't I, a thing? I'll tell you what I liked. I liked that Sarah Lance was the leader. That yes. was about it. Yes. And, <laughs> that, and that's I'll it. tell you what I liked, and then he does one thing. That's it. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. I'll tell you, I like one thing. I mean, that last show was really, it was, she kind of saved the day. It was all about her coming to terms with her darkness and whatever and being a captain. And even Rip at the end is like, you know what? You got the ship. You did a lot better than I did. Uh, taking Rip out as captain. Uh, I like that. It really helped because he was just a fucking bumbling idiot. Yeah. It's not, I didn't like Rip Hunter. Not a good time. I mean, they saved like Star Wars from being erased from time by saving George. It was just fun. That fun. was a fun episode. Yeah, fun like, geeky stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think I like the first season better. Actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, I, I like I like that there's no Rip Hunter. Yeah. But I don't like this. This kind of like... Um, the Legion of Doom, and it, I got I found them to be annoying, and the Spear of Destiny being this thing that never went away. It just was annoying. I just so. like how this is like not going to plan for Imran. Like he was, I'm sure he <laughs> I was like season two. I, everyone's gonna like talking about season two of Legends of Tomorrow because it's better than season one, and it's just being shit on. It's great. It's I great. shit on everything. So you this do. Thing, you know, Let's okay. You great. can shit on this next thing. Moving on. The other thing I wanted to mention is we talked about uh, Agents of Shield season four. How this may be the last season and they did a ghostwriter arc. Then they did an LMD arc with Ada and they just came back this week with their agents of shield in the framework agents of Hydra. Uh, first episode was pretty fucking crazy because everything is turned upside down in this framework. Rugs, did you watch this episode? I did. Del Howard, did you get a chance to watch any of this? I have not watched a single episode of Agents of Shield. Dude, season four is nuts because they know <laughs> they know they're going, they're done, and there's more blood and violence and a little more sexy stuff. But in the framework, first of all, Daisy Ward is alive. Ward and Daisy are a couple, and she's freaked out in the beginning. She wakes up, she sees in a bed, and she freaks out. They all work for Hydra. Everyone's like reverse. Fitz is an asshole. And he runs uh, the Hydra place. Coulson is a school teacher who's teaching Hydra propaganda. Doesn't remember anything. Uh, and uh, and Daisy and Simmons pop back into this life. And Simmons is dead. So she comes out of the ground. She's all buried and she's alive again. Uh, but the war, And then there's a great war twist. Like I said, everyone is opposite in this one. Ward is part of the resistance, secretly working as a mole inside a Hydra, which is kind of fun to see him as a good guy. For once, and I kind of missed that he this guy he's played Grant Ward so many different ways. He's really good at it. Uh but I thought it I thought it was crazy and I thought it was it was very exciting. I can't wait to see what happens next week. I like where hmm. it's going. Well, I enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fun. 
I thought it was I'm like, hey, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. Um, uh, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. But I'm like, OK, this is cool. It's a new way of looking at things they are in like the Matrix, basically. The only thing that I have a problem with is that they never like really set up this whole fucking like the the level of how fucking complex this this framework matrix is. Yes. Ridiculous. And yeah. they they've never like you never see the matrix. You never see like the, the hardware that they're using. You never see the, the guy working on it. It just comes out of thin air and like oh God, all of a sudden there's this framework. Well they, they kind of, they kind of explain why it's like that in that world. It was all based on what Ada did was put people in these uh, simu- simulations where they dealt with their regret and kind of played off that. But why are they all in the same one? Because, well, she, it started with May. So May's regret was killing that little girl in Bahrain yeah. where, where she got the nickname Cavalry. So what happened in this in this framework, she never kills that girl. That girl so goes. So they're all in May's reality that she created. Yeah, yeah, it all stems from May, which is based on what Ada created this reality. Yes. So because she didn't kill that girl, that girl goes on to kill the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy and uh, decimate. Uh, that's just so She kills S.H.I.E.L.D.s. Yeah, that's why. It because, is. Like, it's crazy. Because, because that's insane to me. Because, like, if you watch The Matrix, like, you know, it's, it's a bunch of machines that are creating. They're meticulously creating this world. Right. And right, everything in it. Right. And in this thing, it's just May's thoughts. Like, how does May think of all these people and all these things? And all, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy because it's just software. It it's software that, it, uh, it, that Ada. I don't buy it, yeah. but I like it. So, Ada, so hearing yeah. hearing everything that you have said about what the storyline is going on right now, yeah. from the perspective of someone who has not watched a minute yeah. of this show, yeah. the idea of oh, now it's all set in a dream world sounds yeah. like the stupidest. It fucking is. Thing it's ever. it's a dream world. It's the Matrix, and it's uh, Hydra is in charge. Uh, and and it, Imran is just eating that shit up. I, it's it's, not, it's just it's, like, oh, because now that it's, it's set in dream world, really well everything done. that happens has absolutely no weight on anything that's happened. Before. But it's actually really well done, and it's actually interesting to watch. I just don't know why they're doing it like this. That's all. Hmm. Because they got they get the, this is the end of the season, yeah. and they're like, we're yeah. going to go balls I off. Like they, rug boy. I yeah. feel like it was a really big shortcut. And that didn't really, it doesn't add weight to it. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge shortcut uh, because they got a couple of episodes left and, uh, and then it's done, but it's a, it's a dark timeline. That's fun fun to watch. It's definitely a vehicle to like tie up all the loose ends, like go all the places that they can't go. Yeah. And like, you know, with Ward, Ward being gone, they they can bring back Ward and kind of seal up that relationship and, all of these things. And then, you know, and finally, you know, close the story out and then you could go off into the sunset. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. It's going to be a big, uh, hoorah towards the end. So this is the last agents of shield season. I think so. We, that, so far it has to be, nothing's come yeah. out and they keep, I keep seeing that. And, they, and they're, they're getting season. really behind inhumans. Yeah. That's, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, and so there's an inhuman task force in there and yeah. And so then by September, we're going to have the Inhumans TV show to probably take this time slot, take the place of this. Thing. Well, it's going to premiere in IMAX. Yes. Yes. First two episodes, September 1st. Yeah. And then uh, starts later in September. Um, I'm interested to see how they, how they blow this out, <laughs> how they send I, it off. I enjoyed this season of, of shield. So it's like, I, I mean, like it's not the best show, but I always like it when I watch it. I mean, I think this moving the time slot and uh, it's probably like the best thing that could have happened to the show. And and uh, yet it is not going to survive. 
another season. So. No, you know it's going down. Yeah. But it's going to be fun watching it go down. All right, huh. that's it. I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was doomed from the start. It really was. The first season, it was really oh, yeah. weak. Like, it's so hard not to only, watch it's that not, It's season. not only that it was a weak first season, yeah. but the expectation from yeah. everybody yep. that watched the first episode even yep. Yep. was, oh, this is all connected. I'm going to see a weekly show with Captain America and Iron Man and Thor. Yep. That's never it, what you were yeah. going to get. It was not. I feel like maybe it wasn't. They had high hopes, and by, it wasn't really playing out well. the Pinning it and connecting it to the Marvel universe as yep. a whole yep. was a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing because people were going to watch it. Yep. The curse was this was not what people were expecting. Well, and, and the biggest problem they had that Jed Whedon had talked about was when they greenlit Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. they greenlit it as being its own show. Yeah. But they said because it's part of Marvel Cinematic Universe, it is tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the movies. And like Anthony said, some people thought that meant, oh, well, then, you know, Captain America is going to show up and then Iron Man's going to be there and we're going to have all this stuff. But what we saw with the first season was all it meant was storylines they're telling are going to get thrown to the wayside so we can have a tie in episode with Winter Soldier and a tie in episode with Thor the Dark World. So now if you don't see the movie immediately, yeah. you have no idea what's going on in this show. I mean, ambitious, exciting idea, but... Uh, as we've seen, damn near impossible to uh, pull it off properly. In fact, I read somewhere that Inhumans, they've already come out and said, this show has nothing to do with the MCU co- continuity. It's its own thing. Don't expect it to connect anywhere. And like they've already nipped it in the bud for the next one. I think they've learned their lesson. And kind of bury that it's all connected bullshit because uh, you can't do it. It's just hard. It's just yeah. it's hard. The, the production schedules for TV shows and, and movies are just radically different. I mean, I still get excited when there's a screen in the back that references something that happened in a movie. But of course, everyone's going to get excited. That's it, yeah. But, the, yeah. but, but it also didn't help that the, the first season up until the twist yeah. with it connecting to Winter Soldier was just god-awful. Just odd timing to start a show called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when you were about to fucking d- take down S.H.I.E.L.D. It seems like they finally figured out how to do the show when it was too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, also one more one more point yeah. about the Agents yeah. of Shield. It also didn't help that the show is called Agents of Shield, which is supposed to be this covert ops group. Like, yeah, this badass group. Yeah. and like three out of the main like five six characters are like scientists or nerds. <laughs> like, that, that's just not. That's just where not what are my agents? But uh, rugs, what you said is very true. I feel like this season is they figured out how to make the show good it, right down to even like breaking up the season into three little arcs. It's kind of like reading trade paperbacks. Like you got the ghostwriter story, you got this story, but they all connect with this thing. Like they finally figured out a good format and it's too late, too little, too late. It's done. Yeah. Well, at least they have the, uh, the archetype now they can, they can go back hopefully, to it. Yeah. Hopefully they learned and, uh, the inhumans will be uh, spectacular. All right. That's it for TV talk guys. Uh, Delhauer, uh, as a listener may or may not know, you are the, uh, MC of our, what the fuck happened series where we take, uh, awesomely shitty superhero movies and kind of break them down and analyze them and try to find out what the fuck happened in terms of production and casting and behind the scenes and whatnot. We've had great success. People love these. I, I think we've decided on our next one. Why don't you announce it to the listener? I will, in fact, do that. I actually have a few things that I, I need to do announcements. You do. This is, your, this is your, uh, your so this soapbox. Is, this is, now, this is now my corner. The first thing I'll do is I'll announce that so that way people can you know then just tune out for the rest of it. <laughs> uh, our next one, we promised ourselves we weren't going to do this at all. But we have officially come to the third installment of our Ryan, Re- uh, Ryan Reynolds trilogy. Yes. 
Uh, though it is not officially a, a Ryan Reynolds movie, but it is the one that people uh, have hated the most. We will be tying into the death of Wolverine in Logan, spoiler alert, by going back to the beginning of Wolverine in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes, <laughs> I think it's completely appropriate. And yes, we did a Ryan Reynolds trilogy. I didn't think it was, ha- it was possible. Dude. I Whoa. didn't think it was possible, listener, but he's been in a lot of shitty superhero movies, so I don't know why I'm surprised. Uh, the other things that I have on the plate, uh, I only remember one other. I feel like there were... T- oh. Uh, there were a couple. So number one was uh, saying happy second birthday to the podcast. Oh, thank uh, you. I, I didn't write anything in. I didn't do anything beforehand because I'm a terrible friend and a terrible guest. That's true. That's why you're perfect for true. the show. That's Never why have you, me on here again. That's why you fit in just perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other bit is that I finally wanted to say my piece about the the beef that no one has talked about between me and uh, Dr. Adam Morris. Oh, snap. Adam Morris, PhD. Yeah. Uh, the truth of it is there is no beef at all. Uh, and I wanted to clear the air. And they, the reason I have to do this is because Imran is fucking garbage at explaining things. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened, to be honest. So wow. in, the, in the episode where I filled in with for Anthony like nine years ago, yeah. uh, there was the whole story about the, the uh, Chinese government releasing documents about doing a search for whether or not they had people in their country who had psychic abilities. Yes. And I had made a comment about how, well, you really kind of can't trust that because things like that can easily be faked. Oh, shit. Yeah. This turned into uh, Matt Delhauer thinks that science is fake. (laughs) (laughs) Headline, Matt Delhauer, climate denier, calls scientists bullshit. So, <laughs> the I love that. Of, That's amazing. So the whole point of it was was that I legitimately, like the day before, had been listening to another podcast where they were talking about psychology experiments that turned out to actually not ha- be as reliable because some of the people had uh, like tainted the the findings, like the Stanford Prison Experiment. They said years later, you really kind of couldn't fully. Uh, accept the results because they told the people about what they were looking for for the results. Okay. Um, and so when this then came around, we then had Adam Morris who, uh, you know, finally responded back and saying like, you know, well, you know, you can't really say that scientists kind of fake their findings because they want funding or anything like that. Uh, it boils down to, I didn't explain what I wanted to say properly. <laughs> Imran was really, really bad at then <laughs> paraphrasing that. Um, Man, Dalhauer hates science. But what I found funny was as I was listening to the episode that Adam Morris was on, which was an amazing episode, by the way. Yeah, science. Uh, is I want him good. on here more often. He's I even great. have a science question for him. Oh, you can you can spit it out now. He'll send us some audio. Um, I still I've got one more thing, and then okay. I'll do that. Um, but uh, as I was listening to it, you know, and Imran was saying this. I'm in the car screaming <laughs> at my podcast, yes. like at my phone, just Imran. That is not what I fucking said. <laughs> What was funny was then the topic of the, 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 you know, super children of China came up yep. and even Adam Morris goes, yeah, well, but you know, with psychology experiments, they have all these different things that make it so that they, they possibly couldn't oh, have shit. gotten right the proper response. I was like, fucking thank you. That's what you were talking about. <laughs> Look, I'm glad you said whatever you said because it got him to tweet us, which led yeah, him to come on the show is a great was, train of events. I felt like I will, I will willingly talk out of my ass about whatever if it gets more amazing guests like Adam on the show. Yeah, we're definitely in the hot seat. We're definitely yeah, gonna. All I, all I gotta say is science. Yeah, fake news. Fake news. Oh shit! 
Science is fake the news. The earth is bro. flat, people. Don't believe otherwise. Science is fake news. It's all a fucking Chinese hoax. Get bro, off. Do you even podcast? Numbers are bullshit. No, but yeah. don't, don't look at facts. No. It's if, if, if the Greeks were so great for inventing math, why are they all dead? Where are they now? Where yeah. are they now? Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, we'll have Adam so, Morris back on many times. He's awesome. So I love him. My my superhero question for Adam Morris, okay. uh, funny enough, is another Spider-Man question. Cool. But it's, it's oh, about fuck. Miles Morales <laughs> instead of Peter Parker. Okay. So Miles Morales has his, his Venom sting or his Venom blast capability. Yeah. But what it actually is, is it's like an electrical attack. Like he, he like zaps people in the nervous system or whatever. Yeah. By it's just like, kind of poking them. Right. It's like a little stinger. Is there actually any like instance of there being a spider species that mm. uses like static electricity or anything like that? How the hell did this power come from being bitten by a spider? It's a good question. Like, is there spiders that paralyze other uh, insects with some kind like, of like he calls it a venom sting because yeah. like, yeah, there, there are spiders that have like venom bites and stuff yeah. like that. But this is legitimately he shocks them. But he could also I like like he has a couple of different powers in Spider-Man. That's one of them. And then he can also uh, camouflage and kind of become invisible. Yeah. Where does well, that, that come one, from? That one I know. I'm, oh. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it's there is a spider that has like that capability where Ooh, it can cool. kind of just like blend into the surroundings. I forget which one it is because I'm not a scientist. I'm sure Adam will you know, know who is Dr. Adam Morris, PhD. Let us know. Is there a spider that has a similar kind of venom sting or paralyzing sting that uses electricity or maybe it uses something else? I'm sure Adam will let us know. That's a good question. I like it. Ooh. Good question. I like it. Um, okay, of course but, you like it, Emron. It's a fucking Spider-Man. Speaking question. of Spider-Man, I got some feedback from our listeners about Spider-Man that I want to share real quick from Ronald Hans, uh, our a loyal listener and Patreon supporter. Thank you, Ronald Hans. He says, listen to the latest episode, wanted to comment on the Spider-Man talk. I know Ruggs and Imran are a little down about what they've seen on the trailer since they are doing a lot from the ultimate Spider-Man runs, but I personally think that Marvel is in a no-win situation on this. There have been five different Spider-Man movies done with two different Spider-Mans and two different origins. If Marvel did another origin story, even if it was the true Marvel origin, it would have pissed off people because this is the third one in the last 15 years. I think coming off of Civil War, this is the best way to introduce him in with his own standalone. And let's not also forget that Sony still owns his rights. To me, it looks as though Marvel is doing what they can with what they have not already been used by Sony to tell the best story they can while still trying to make it seamless with the MCU. Lastly, Marvel hasn't fucked me yet with any of their movies. I don't think they will start with this, what is probably their most popular superhero. And you know what? Those those are all good points. They are in kind of a weird situation with this character. Really? You agree with this? I Well, because well, I, understand I don't, what I don't like it. To say. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I understand what Ron's trying to say, but you're talking about fucking... From 1960 yeah. to now, there have been countless Spider-Man stories. Yeah. So now we got to mine stuff that's from the, Brian Michael Bendis. Right, from the 2000s. That's from an alter, alternate universe and from Miles Morales, who's also from an alternate universe, to, yeah. to tell and, and to integrate Tony Stark as Spider-Man's uh, savior. Mentor, mentor, yeah. It's completely. That never existed for yes. from the 1960s till just like. Five years ago? Well, yes. The problem is, is that when they started the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they started by using a bunch of the ultimate yep. universe yep. storylines and yep. characteristics and stuff in order to build it because that was the most current version of the origins that people had known about. It's why S.H.I.E.L.D. had the Triskelion in um, 
Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. It's why they have Tony Stark basically being like. It's why Nick Fury is Sam Jackson. Fury. It's why, yeah, it's why they have the black Nick Fury. And so the problem is, is that they already basically built an ultimate universe movie. Universe. So now yeah. it's like, this is the world that they have to play in. They can, they can still easily integrate things from the 616 universe. But I think the problem is, is that if you look back, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man was the closest we'd ever seen to them doing a 616 universe origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to redo that, it's just them being like, well, well I no, mean, we it. have other things we could try. Why and do, do they have to redo the origin at all? They don't have to. They don't. They well, no, don't. They, and they don't have to. They don't. They don't. They're not even doing it. But it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a mixture of they want to have their own stamp on it. At the moment, the only thing that other people haven't touched is ultimate. So they're going to run with that so that that can be their version. I'm surprised, honestly, that with how much they have taken from the Ultimate Universe and specifically the Miles Morales character, yep. that you haven't heard more people freaking out about them basically just whitewashing Miles with Peter. Yeah, and what happens when you do a Miles Morales animated movie? You've already you've ruined two versions of Peter Parker by doing this. Now, could they have introduced an adult Peter I think, instead? I, look, they did this on purpose as a marketing tool to get Tony Stark involved to help the movies along, to bridge the gaps and all that stuff. Um, and it was not really that necessary. You could have had Spider-Man come in as a loose cannon from the outside, wild card character that doesn't need anybody else. Yep, it could have been and, an adult, Peter. And it's, it's again, yeah. it's another aspect of it that is is created because they got screwed over by Fox. Because with them not having the rights to Fantastic Four and Reed Richards, they don't have the rights to doing things like, you know, unstable molecules and whatever. So now Tony Stark has to be the one who's inventing all of the tech that all these ah, superheroes shit, are using. That's a good point, too. Oh, I forgot about all that. Well, look. Yeah, but what, but what does that even matter? I mean, like, Spider-Man, uh, Sony lent a Marvel back the character, right? We've already had two origin stories. You you couldn't even have continued with Andrew Garfield into that in, into that thing and just had him show up at the Avengers. And not have to recast them as a young kid and, and change the whole story. It boils down to Marvel and Disney are not going to use other people's shit. They are going to let you make money off of them doing what they want to do. It's why Sony has the rights and they have the distribution, but they have absolutely no fucking say in what happens in these movies. Dude, even Brian Michael Bendis, who created Miles Morales, Ultimate Peter, and Genki, is confused by... This character being Ned Leeds, he goes, I'll be very honest right now. I have not talked about this publicly, but it feels very bizarre. Like, he's like, I haven't seen it yet. Let's just see what's going to happen. It's bizarre and flattering. I don't even know if Genki was the inspiration. I'm sure it's going to be a fine movie, but it's just, I don't understand. I mean, all all the reasons that people are telling me that that they're doing this, I'm like, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to go to these lengths to change the character. Uh, ultimately i mean there are going to be things about the character that it's it's going to be different in this this world that they're building and it's it's sad to see that they're 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 i mean getting do, rid I of want, do i want spider-man to have jarvis talking to him in yeah, his fucking- jarvis no. is in the suit jarvis what is i think it's in. going to be is it's going to start off with he's using the suit that he got from tony stark like as we've seen with the trailer Just like a millennial he's around it's so he's millennial being, you know, he's being the, the Spider-Man that, that Tony created. Yeah. Then when he does something that Tony doesn't like, Tony takes the suit away, and now he needs to learn to be his own hero. It all works out in the end, and then Tony's going to come back and be like, all right, kid, you prove that you've earned this suit, and he goes to give it back. And my hope is 
then Peter's going to go, no, I don't need you, and I don't need your tech to be the superhero that I am. I lo- and then Peter Parker gets to be his own fucking I character. hope it, this strains his relationship by the end, and they, and they are on the outs when the movie ends. But look, here's the thing that bugs me also. As an old-timer Spider-Man fan, they've said that they Spider-Man is going to be in high school for a long time. They want to do the Harry Potter thing where every movie is one year in high school. So now this will cement in the mainstream this high school Peter and unless we get another reboot, like we're never going to get our adult Peter who works for the Daily Bugle. You know why they're it's doing never going to happen. Yeah. Besides the fact that the comics are doing that kind of thing too, with Miles though, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. But this is Peter. Yeah. Um, the reason they're doing that is because all their male characters are like thirty to forty years old. That's true. So they're all at the same age bracket. So they want to cast someone that looks completely different. And knowing that they have very limited time with a lot of the names that they have in their movies. Now yeah. they're going to be banking on holding on to Tom Holland as long as possible. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Didn't they say there's only like another couple movies that they can do they uh, have five more. I think with him. Yeah. They, I mean, it's a six movie contract and then, you know, and uh, they've also said that we're not, you're not going to see any of the villains that have already been used, which well, what didn't that thing with Amy Pascal come out where, where they said that, it came out, but, but it, there's a lot of like feedback online that she just doesn't know what the fuck she's she was talking just talking. About, she just doesn't. She should just shut her fucking mouth. Yeah, a lot of people think that it was like a gotcha question that she just kind of talked out of her ass about. Yeah, yeah. I honestly yeah, think because yeah. at the same time, when you listen to it, all it is is it's her. It's her patting her own back and being like, "Man, we're such great people for allowing you to see this movie." Um, <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, I think what it is is with the buzz going around and knowing how much money it's going to be. Sony's whole threat of well after the sequel God knows if this will ever happen again it is Sony basically saying we're going to renegotiate with Marvel because we're going to want more money yeah it sounds like you know what they're going to do yeah it's a lot of posturing if, yeah. I don't even think honestly Amy Pascal knew, knew what the fuck she was going to say I don't think she was I think she just made that shit up <laughs> on the she spot ran. and she's like fine she just started <laughs> rambling. Right, yeah. Let, let's ask a more important course like how do they course correct Spider-Man? Well, we haven't yeah. seen the fucking movie yet, so I don't know. Well, like, depending, no, I mean, like, how do you get? How do you steer this Peter Parker into the right direction? Then, if uh, you're yeah. if you're if you're saying at the end of this movie, it's possible that he turns away from Tony Stark. That would be a step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And at that point, what it is is that they have to establish because I honestly I never got it from the other movies. They have to establish that he is fucking genius level smart. Yeah. Like he built his own web shooters. That is not something that just some random asshole from Queens is going to do. At least he did still invent the fluid. It was like the only thing he invented. I also think that Peter Parker shouldn't. I mean, he'll be involved in the Avengers because he has to be because he's a huge name and it's the Avengers movie. But as much as Peter, as popular as Peter Parker is in the Marvel universe, the 616 universe, he's not that big of a deal. He he's a he's a neighborhood guy. Yeah. Yeah. Level street hero. That's where they should keep him. If they, if they start integrating him into the space stuff, I think that's going to be a little too far out of his character. Yeah, he had always been uncomfortable being a part of the Avengers because he's like, I'm not, you know, Earth's mightiest defender. Right. Like, he's like, I don't belong here. I just I just defend New York because I like this place. I mean, there's some fun stories where he's like kind of leading an Avengers team and even gets to say Avengers assemble. Uh, but he that, always that can be fun, up. but that's yeah. not his. That's not his core character. Yeah, but if they're gonna stretch out this high school shit for like years, like I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know how you, what you can do with that to keep it fresh. Because then at that point, what it means is you're gonna have to start integrating all the shit from adult Peter 
yeah. into a yeah. high school. It's going to be like Gotham. Like, oh, so it's suddenly, suddenly he's going to be like selling, you know, photos to the Daily Bugle right. blog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Spectacular Spider-Man, the cartoon kind of did that. The same thing where. Please do not Gotham, but use Spectacular no, Spider-Man. No, it works in the cartoon. to reference. But not, I agree. It works in the cartoon. I don't know if I do that in this uh, franchise here. I like just to see. Spider-Man in New York as, you know, eventually graduating from high yeah, school. Yeah. And uh, dealing with – the whole thing about Spider-Man that's great is that he had real problems and he had real shit going on all the time. And Spider-Man was just, you know, something that he had to do when he could squeeze the time in, like, you know what I mean? And it got in the way of his life. It was also and, like a jo- what he wanted to joyride or get out, vent some steam or just get out and think. Look, I think uh, Sam Raimi did some of this with the Toby movies where he had the shitty apartment. Oh, yeah. The lady's yeah. yelling at him for rent and he's driving. That, that worked yeah. like that. Yes, absolutely. I think those first two movies are really, really solid on Spider-Man. The only thing is that they, they, they had a missed opportunity with a great actor, William Dafoe, and they covered him in that stupid Power Rangers shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Che- they cheesed out a little bit on some but, of the fight but, scenes. Spider-Man but, 2, still one of the best superhero movies uh, overall. Yeah. I, I have to say, though, I also think it's funny that Spider-Man was the movie that initially set into place the overused comic book movie concept of killing off your villain at the end of the film. Oh, no, it was Batman. Batman. Was the uh, original with Batman. The, Never with mind. The, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's funny to then think back and realize X-Men was like the only one that didn't do that. Yeah. They yeah. never yeah. killed off the villain. <laughs> They should have done that in Batman. Okay, more Spider-Man comments. Uh, remember we talked about those posters last week and how I was like, why the fuck is his hand curled over? He should just be touching it with his fingertips. Uh, you know who else agrees well, with me? You're about to feel so validated. You know who else time. agrees with me? You motherfuckers. Is our podcast science adventure Adam Morris. He says, tweets, you were right on the last podcast. It is odd that the fingers are curled over the sign. He should be using the surface area Vanderwall's forces to stick. Geek mode. Just like he explained on that episode about how spiders stick. So he gets me. Adam Morris. You know what it makes me wonder? Yeah. It makes me wonder if it's going to be another fucking thing from uh, Ultimate. Because I'm fairly certain in the Ultimate comics, Miles puts his entire hand and foot down in order to stick to things. Oh, really? Instead of his toes and fingers. Oh. That's hmm. that's stupid. Uh, no, don't do that. And then, uh, last thing I want to share. Probably the, that up. I don't know. The listener is. Uh, it was my birthday this week, so thank you everybody for saying happy eighty first birthday. birthday. I'm i I make this shit look good. You know what? It was your birthday. No, you don't. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Oh, it was on Wednesday. I turned forty one, but I tell Never people worse, I, look. I tell people I'm fifty seven, and then they're like, "Oh, you look pretty good." Oh, you days. look pretty good, good for fifty seven. Yeah, so that's that's the loophole I'm using. But uh, Jimmy Grabin, our buddy Jimmy Grabin, formerly of the newsroom, posted this on our Facebook group, and it said "Happy Birthday," and it's pretty neat. What it is, it's like a quote of the day calendar, and it's actually for April five Wednesday. The quote for that day is: "With great power comes great responsibility." Oh shit! However. This, I learned, I asked him, it's from his wife's work. She's a history teacher. This is a quote of the day history calendar. The quote is attributed to, it's a 1793 French National Convention. Oh, shit. You thief, Stanley. That's actually, and so it got me thinking about the origin of this phrase. And that was, some people say Voltaire used it first and Winston Churchill used it. But the earliest written is this 1793 French national convention uh document that they used this power and in fact a lot of people think uncle ben said this line in spider-man 
Uncle Ben never said this line. The line was in a caption at the very end of the origin story of Spider-Man. So they that was the thing that just became, a. I guess it was added in as the mythology went on. But I thought it was interesting. I forgot that Ben doesn't actually tell him this. And it's, That's na- it then. it's, the, it's all bullshit. It's the narrator. Right, wanna, I'm starting a revolution. No one, Hashtag boycott Stanley. No one ever. Yeah, Stanley's a thief. And no one ever actually told Peter that great power comes great responsibility I, to his I, face. In the Amazing Spider-Man 2, there's a deleted scene where his father shows up at his grave and Pete's at his father's grave and his father like comes out of hiding and tells him that quote. Oh, just, isn't yeah. it, isn't it like very, um, very JFK where he's like sitting on a bench and his father just shows up in like a trench coat. <laughs> like, yeah. Something like that. Peter. Where'd you come from? <laughs> he's like, Peter, I made you. dead dad. He's like, I made you Spider-Man. <laughs> so great quote that, uh, Stan Lee found and, uh, uh, it perfectly relates to Peter Parker. So whatever. I thought that was. I thought you that was. Always find a way to relate everything to Spider Man. Of course, it all comes back to Spider Man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, look, that's the show, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, yeah. I want you guys to check out uh, two new shows: sketching comedy and trivia geeks. I'm on both of those shows. I'll put links in the show notes over at the Blazing Caribou Studios. You can hear more of my dumb voice. Matt Delhauer, where can people find you online? Well, um, at the moment, they can find me on this podcast whenever I blackmail you into letting me on. <laughs> whenever you force yourself on, yes. They can find me on the Ginger Geek blogs whenever I blackmail myself into writing something for it, which is uh, gingergeekblogs.wordpress.com. They can find me on Twitter, at Matt Delhauer. And... Actually, uh, coming in the next couple of months, there are going to be a couple new releases from Cape Swish Productions, nice. which is the company I am a part of that does the comic book audio dramas. We'll be dropping Avengers Disassembled at Ooh. the end of April, uh, in which you'll get to hear my dulcet tones as Captain America. Awesome. And then June 1st, we will finally be releasing Batman The Long Halloween, in which I got to do my best Mark Hamill and play the Joker. Dude, Whoa. that's awesome. You just got to play Captain America and the Joker. Two great, drastically different roles. And for the listener, check out Cape Swoosh if you like Audible, if you like uh, produced audio dramas. These guys do a great job with the acting, with the sound effects, and uh, they recreate uh, the comic book very well. Like I love what, the stuff you guys do over there. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Just search Cape Swoosh Productions. We should be the first one that shows up, and if we are not... We are going to sue. We're going to talk to Google. I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. Keep it handy. Rugs, where can the people find you? Well, the time has come, folks, where you're at the end of the show, and it's about to be over, and you're like wondering, what the fuck do I do? Well, you could go to our Patreon. Yeah, you can join the Jock and Nerd, and, and, and you can hear more show. Which I just or, did. Or you can nice. go to Twitter and find me at Really Rug Boy, and then we can continue this conversation, and I'll ignore you. When you, do. <laughs> <laughs> you get ignored by rug boy on the Twitter, just go, to, just go to Patreon. There's more show. If you want it, listen, all you got to do is visit jock The links to everything is there. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, Google play, iHeartRadio. Leave us a rating and reviewing. And of course, tell a friend, spread the geekery. Thanks for listening to the jock and nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. And we'll hear you next time.
gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. My spider shits are tingling. Talking nerd. It's back. <laughs> I missed that one. I loaded it up. I didn't get a chance to use it. Oh, shit. But-